Kyle McCarthy. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Fan. WFAN. Good evening, New York sports fans. I am Danielle McCartan. McCartan before midnight. I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up till 2 a.m. on this freezing, frigid Saturday night. Windy, too, here in New York City. Whatever you're doing, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now. Promise I've got you. All different topics. You saw Obi Toppin just win the slam dunk competition. I couldn't bet on it. Pat and I were just talking about it. We couldn't bet on it uh, earlier today, or else I would have. And I would have picked him. Obviously, the hometown guy you got to go with. And we are here in the Big Apple. Speaking of, Pat Boyle and I are coming to you live from the Carton and Roberts studio here in lower Manhattan. You know the number. It's already pre-programmed into your phones. 877-337-6666. And as always, let's load them up with your best content only. And hey, and by the way, I know the phrase doubleheader probably has not been in your lexicon as of late, but you're about to be able to use it. This right now is day one of the Danielle doubleheader here on The Fan. I'll be back 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. tomorrow, too. Speaking of baseball verbiage, how great would it be to get on here tonight after having a good look at the pitchers and the catchers and to start talking about how many innings the Mets might get out of Jacob deGrom this season or how the addition of Max Scherzer will affect the rotation or how Gary Sanchez hopefully has finally learned to turn his glove to be fingertips down when the ball bounces in the dirt. Wouldn't that be nice? Instead... We're forced to play the role of middleman, uh, or maybe better, of, of innocent bystander in the quibbling between the billionaire baseball owners and the millionaire baseball players. Baseball, as you know, is still locked out. Yeah, you make me feel like I've been After the 15-minute meeting ended on Thursday, I put up a poll on Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Will MLB opening day be on March 31st, 2022, as planned? I gave you two options. One being no chance. The other being absolutely. 89% of you voted no chance. And if you did some simple math, that leaves 11% of you voted Absolutely. And if I had a vote in my own poll, which I don't, I would have voted on Thursday. No chance too. You know I have been up on this in as much detail as humanly possible right from the beginning. It's real easy to sit here and say, we want baseball, just get it done, without understanding the nuances of A, how large-scale negotiations develop and the tactics that go along with it, and B, both the micro and the macro picture of all of this. In that 15-minute meeting, maybe you knew, maybe you didn't know, but I'm here to tell you that the players made a concession in that meeting. And the concession was not all players with at least two years of service time will become arbitration eligible. Or, or, Or did they make a concession? Because while that was off the table, the MLBPA now is proposing that 80% of the players with two to three years of service will become arbitration eligible. Following that, they proposed an increase to the pre-arbitration bonus pool for those exceptional players 
from $100 million in their original proposal to $115 million. Now, they say 150 players would share in it rather than 30. So while it looks like one side had finally made a concession, by the way, this information all from Thursday's 15-minute meeting, not sure if you heard the breakdown anywhere else, but it looked like, okay, one of the sides is about to blink. And instead, that side, the Players Association side, only blinked one eye. And, and while the MLBPA blinked on not having all two-year players become arbitration eligible, the union kept the other eye open to expand the quality, quantity of players and to ask for more money in the pool than their original proposal. So what are we doing here? This, everyone, cuts to the heart of this whole thing. This line item that I just outlined is just one, just one of the many line items that these two sides cannot get in the same ballpark on, let alone agree upon. Then, after spending a whole 15 minutes to say, nope, they go back to their Twitter fingers. This is both sides. They go back to their Twitter fingers and hammer out their own self-defense, self-preservation statements to post on the internet for all of us to see and to read. Like, why? These two sides are playing this game for this favorable ruling in the court of public opinion. That's right. Siri just was activated. He's having trouble hearing me. Let me tell you again. Why are they playing for the, the, the court of public opinion? For what reason? I told you this a few weeks ago. I've been part of large-scale negotiations during my day job as a New Jersey public school educator. Keep the details behind closed doors. That is the ultimate piece of advice that, that I can give to both of these two sides. The cardinal rule in large-scale negotiations, been there, done that, is to keep all the details in that room. Why? Because not a single fan cares about the spin that each side, the Players Association and the owners, puts on this same information, spins on this same information. Let me simplify it for you, the listener, and allow me to read between the lines just as you probably have to. These two sides do not care about me, nor you. The league statement on Friday said, We regret that without a collective bargaining agreement in place, we must postpone the start of spring training games until no earlier than Saturday, March 5th. All 30 clubs are unified in their strong desire to bring players back on the field and fans back to the stands. And by the way, if you're one of the poor souls who paid for tickets, who paid for a hotel, who paid for a flight down to Florida or out to Arizona this upcoming President's Week to see no baseball, here's what the owners want you to know from that statement. Quote, the clubs have adopted a uniform policy that provides an option for full refunds for fans who have purchased tickets from the clubs to any spring training games that are not taking place. End quote. An option for a full refund? An option? The hard-earned money for any game that I had purchased a ticket for, that money better already be back in my bank account. Don't make me go through this whole rigmarole application process to get it back. Give it back automatically. It's your problem, not mine. 
Don't make these people wait. Some people just can't afford to wait for it to come back to them. Then the Players Association, they got on their Twitter fingers and they said, shortly thereafter, in a, a message of their own, says MLB announced today that it must postpone the start of spring training games. This is false. Nothing requires the league to delay the start of spring training, much like nothing required the league's decision to implement the lockout in the first place. Despite these decisions by the league, players remain committed to the negotiation process. End quote. That, again, is not entirely true. Let us not forget why the lockout happened in the first place. The owners decided that they were going to make the first move in this ultimate chess match. They didn't want the players to strike. So the owners went on the offensive, and they locked the players out before they could strike. And you know that the players were going to do that. Because unlike teachers who have to work under the last contract's rules and then agree to only a portion of the retroactive pay, in my experience, I voted no on that, by the way. Why should I concede the money that I've already earned? So like teachers cannot strike and work under that last contract, players, they just don't want to do that. They don't want to work under the last contract, the last CBA. So the union could then organize a strike, the the players' union, not the teachers' union, but the players' union could then organize a strike and say, we will not play under our last CBA agreement. That is why the owners locked the players out. So for the players to place the blame on that in that piece of literature, just hypocritical to me, man. All of this is yet another example of how these two sides, both of them, don't care about the average fan, you and me. They're driven by, they're blinded by the almighty dollar. You know how I know that? These two sides had at least four months to reach an amicable agreement. Four months. And then in time for my show last weekend, they met for one hour. And we all thought that was egregious. Not to be outdone by by this past Thursday's 15-minute meeting. That is a slap in the face to every fan that has spent a single dollar on a ticket, a cap, even a $20 bucket of chicken tenders. And now the start of spring training has been pushed back to at least March 5th. Here's something that I'm going to propose to them. Me. Why can't the chief negotiators from each side make personal phone calls to the spring training workers that they've essentially put out of business for the foreseeable future? You know, the box office reps, the parking attendants, the seat ushers, the concession workers. Do I need to continue the list of people that make a baseball game run on a day-to-day basis? Or, Or maybe... You're one of them here in New York wondering how this lockout is going to affect your bottom line. And if you are, if you're part of the game day operation over at City Field or Yankee Stadium, I, I want to hear from you tonight. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Because here's how the script of that phone call that I'm proposing the owners and the Players Association reps make to the regular old people. Here's here's how that would go. And I And I hope... I've got some pull in this situation with people listening right now. I would say, and here, here the script, here's the script from the owners or the, the players associate, chief negotiators to the everyman. Good morning, whatever the stadium position is. Good morning. 
concession worker. While we're arguing about the millions of dollars that baseball fans like you will ultimately generate for us, we aren't really all that sorry that you won't be receiving your hourly wage paycheck. Hopefully, it'll happen soon for you. In the meantime, good luck filing for unemployment. How about we start making this whole thing a little bit more personal, everybody? People are missing paychecks because of this ridiculousness going on between the owners and the Players Association. The millionaires and the billionaires. So while these men are engaged in a high-stakes game of this, this millions and billions of dollars of chess with no baseball, the retiree seat usher might not be able to see his grandkids this month because why would they come if there's no baseball? That's the main attraction in February, right? February break. Maybe the stadium beer vendor might not be able to pay his rent this month. Maybe the concession stand cashier might not be able to put food on a table for her kids this month. I wish these two sides would think about this stuff as they quibble over the millions of dollars. And as I thought about this morning, uh, this whole thing, I thought of that, that, um, that Donald Duck cartoon where he's swimming in, skiing in, and shoveling that gigantic pile of gold coins. That room that Donald Duck is in in the commercial, in, in the cartoon, might as well double as baseball's negotiation room. Then, late Thursday, news broke that MLB and, ML, and the MLBPA plan to hold multiple bargaining sessions, perhaps every day, as early as Monday, as in two days from now. Jeff Passan's report said, multiple owners and players expect to fly in for sessions leading up to MLB's stated February 28th deadline, end quote. I suggest that deadline is probably a really loose term here. But that's the date that the league sets as the threshold so as to not lose any regular season games. All right. So if you're a major stakeholder listening right now, get it done. We, the fans, have no time for your BS. So here's how I would attack this. Because I, I am a program of solutions, as you may know already. But here's how I would attack this upcoming week. I have already outlined three weeks ago, four weeks ago, the four pillars that I myself have defined. So here we go. Here's the plan, everybody listening right now. Day one, meet in person and do not leave the room until the bonus pool situation I outlined before gets resolved. Then you go home, you do your homework on your top prospect research. Because on day two, you're going to meet in person and do not leave the room until the top prospect and service time slash draft pick situation I outlined before gets resolved. Go home, do your homework on tanking. Day three, meet in person and do not leave the room until ways to combat tanking gets resolved. Then you go home, you do your homework on the biggest ticket issue, the luxury tax threshold. Day four of next week's negotiations under my plan, what you do is you take all the momentum that you generated throughout the week, you meet in person and do not leave the room until a luxury tax situation gets resolved. Then you go home, you do your homework, and on any miscellaneous line items that you'd like to see resolved, you bring them with you on Friday, day five, you clean up the CBA language, the written language, and you create final agreement presentations for your sides. 
to ultimately ratify. Hopefully, right? So then I posted the same poll on Twitter two days apart. I, again, asked after the news that all this came out that they're going to be meeting for multiple times. I asked, will MLB opening day be on March 31st, 2022 as planned? Again, my choices were no chance or absolutely. So originally, after news that Thursday's negotiations lasted exactly 15 minutes, only 11.5% of voters voted absolutely. The regular season will start on time. Then, after the, pl- the news broke that both sides plan to meet multiple times next week, the percentage of voters that voted absolutely the regular season will start on time grew, albeit incrementally, but it grew to 20.7%. However, like the MLBPA and owners have been looking at the same set of data and spinning it a different way to fit their own narratives, there are also two ways to look at that data right there. Mine. Because the eternal optimist sees that increase of 9.2% over the course of the past two days. And they see that as an indication of a modicum of optimism among fans that a deal can get done in the upcoming week. Then the realist would note that there is still an overwhelming majority of fans who think that there is no chance that opening day will remain on March 31st. In fact, on average... Those people would say that 83.9% of my voters feel that way on average. And then the loyal McCartan listener would point out that when I had on John Heyman last weekend, just two hours or was it three hours after last Saturday's proposal, he said, excuse me, a good sign would be not reading too much into the exact duration of these meetings, but rather in the number of days between them. It's true. Me, my Twitter voters, we are not in the room with the owners or the Players Association reps as they present their proposals. And by the way, the reporters, they're not in the room either, just so we're all crystal clear. But the timeline that I just outlined, the timeline that needs to occur in that manner at that speed so as to not lose any regular season games, To me, that just sounds like an awfully ambitious timeline for these two factions whose meetings have been counted in minutes, not in hours. Will baseball be back sooner rather than later? How much faith do you have in the upcoming series of meetings this week? Will opening day be on March 31st, 2022, as originally planned? Well, your guess is really as as good as anyone's. Let's get it going. I have set the table for you. I can't wait to talk to you at 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan before midnight here on The Fan in New York City. Working on a weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. Swear they passed us, they doing too much Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up That's Virgil right, this is Danielle Before Midnight McCartan Before Midnight here on The Fan in New York City And that is the Pat Boyle special Always the first commercial break He and I are working on a weekend Oh, like usual And 877-337-6666 is the number to get aboard 
you know, everyone, uh, you might know by now, everyone knows how into music I am. I play the trumpet, I read music. I've been to the sh- shows of John Bon Jovi, to Swedish House Mafia, to Jay-Z, Eminem, to multiple shows at the Metropolitan Opera. I incorporate music into my monologues all the time, every time. And I must say, because I haven't had a chance to comment on this yet, that halftime performance was better than I was expecting it to be. The set was awesome for the TV viewer, that is. I I even said this at my party. If I were there in person, I would have not liked that show because all of those individual house-looking things had roofs on them. And I also did not like the 25 seconds that Eminem got. He was the performer that I was most looking forward to seeing. And to be honest, when I was picking out music for last weekend's show, I went down this whole Eminem rabbit hole. I mean, all the way back to like, Middle school, this was taking me, like, the songs like The Way I Am and Stan, and you know what I'm talking about. But I also like the California Flair, Dr. Dre, Compton, Kendrick Lamar, Compton, Snoop Dogg, Long Beach, and then I guess Eminem and Mary J. Blige for good measure, I guess. But I had a suggestion. How about a Tupac hologram? How did that detail go overlooked? And was this on purpose? You know a football game is four quarters, right? And 50 Cent also performed at halftime, which is two quarters or 50 cents into the game. Was that on purpose? My favorite halftime performance still to this day of all time is a blend of genres. I think you know where I'm going with this. NSYNC, Britney Spears, Nelly, Missy Elliott, all in their primes. All with Aerosmith who is at that time experiencing a renaissance with the movie Armageddon and the whole thing. That, to me, is the best halftime performance of all time. But this one, better than expected. All right, to the calls we go at 877-337-6666. Thanks for tuning in right now. Appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Michael. You were the first one tonight. And Chester, you're up on the fan. How are you? Good to talk with you. Thanks. I'm a trial lawyer. I've been a lawyer for about 45 years. Mm -hmm. My thought is this. These two sides sitting in a room together are going to get nowhere. Mediation is the method and the mode that's used in our courts, federal and state, to resolve serious differences. I think there need to be two or three mediators who are appointed by Major League Baseball and the players to sit with these people for the week you just described to get something done. Left to their own devices, I honestly don't trust them. I don't think they have the fortitude. I think they hate each other. And I think you've got to have professional people who can help this get resolved. Mm-hmm. That would be my suggestion to them. Michael, the only thing Thank I would you. say, before you go, Michael, you're still there? Yeah. The only thing I would I'm say, I, I read that when the when the owners had requested like the federal mediator to come in, the players didn't want it because they said that, that those mediators would, would utilize old CBA agreements as a basis for the new one, and they didn't want that. Would that be a, a, a true statement there? No, it wouldn't be true, because it's obvious that in the last two negotiations, the players got soaked. That's generally known, and it's understood by a mediator that you have to take the current position of the parties as the starting point, not the CBA. Mm-hmm. If the CBA was effectual, we wouldn't be having this problem. Yeah. We're having this problem because the CBA is essentially being renounced almost wholeheartedly by at least one of the parties. Mm-hmm. So, no. You need skillful people who can facilitate this discussion, in my opinion. Well, you're going to get very, very, very little progress. 
snail's case, and each side has their own motivations. We, we know about that already. You need someone to help them move this forward. That's my serious suggestion to both of them. Yeah, Thank Michael, you. one more thing. Wait, before you go. Sure. Do you think in sure. your experience without, I mean, there, I, I, the last I saw, there's no plans to have a mediator come in this week. Do you think it gets done yeah. by the end of the week? No, right? I think you need to have somebody, the first day these folks get together, you've got to bring, there are a bunch of mediators who are very familiar with Major League Baseball because they've been mediating various aspects of the collective bargaining agreement for years. Yeah. They've been agreed to by both parties. First, it's the salary mediations go. Those really are arbitrations more than mediations. Right. The difference is that an arbitrator has the authority to impose a solution. Correct. A mediator does not. Right. The difference, though, can be breached. These people who do arbitration also are skillful mediators. So you've got to bring in some of these people who are already trusted by both sides to be of assistance. And I'll tell you another thing. Mm -hmm. I think you're right to divide this up into four or five major issues, mm -hmm. and you can have a mediator working on each of the issues, a yep. different mediator, with subgroups of the negotiators yep. to move this thing forward. Yep. All right. Hey, anyway, I thought I'd add that because I think the way they're going is not an effectual way to bring this to a solution. Yeah, I agree with you on that, for sure. Hey, Michael. Have a good evening. Hey, Thank th you. thanks for the call and thanks for lending your uh, your your expertise to us here. Um, and you're right, that's a good thing. So, right, I didn't know you can assign multiple um, arbitrators slash mediators. So, so with the plan that I laid out, those main issues, there it is. It, it's 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 a, an efficient way to get it done. I am all about efficiency. I don't know if you know that or not, everybody, but I am I am about effectiveness and efficiency, and that's how you do it. That's how I would do it. I don't know. That's just me. Let's go to Mike in Monroe. You're up on the fan. Danielle, how you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you, Mike? What's up? Pretty, pretty good. You brought up the point earlier about like they're not thinking of the you know like the concession workers and they're making minimum wage and now mm -hmm. that their jobs are affected. Mm -hmm. The other th the other thing I thought of was they made so much progress in the off season of all the minor league players on the double A teams, the triple A teams, and they increased the salaries. We're getting hotels for them now. We're going to start carrying, you know, copping their food and everything. They're the ones being affected too. And we all know they make peanuts as it is. Well, they're, they're in Florida. They're, they're playing. They're, they're at spring training. Those oh, guys. They, oh, they are. Yeah. The minor, uh, minor mean, leaguers are there. Oh, then I, 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 Read that they weren't, but I do apologize. I guess that they are. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, yeah. No, they're there. For sure they're there. Okay. I tr you, the know what? you know what? Mike, you know how I know that? Because I tried getting Anthony Volpe on the show to come into the studio. Uh, I texted him like two or maybe three weeks ago, or two weeks ago at least, and he said, hey, sorry, I'd love to, but but I'm already in, in, in Tampa. I was like, oh, okay. Sorry about that. So, that, oh. yeah, that's how I know for sure. That is uh, That's news to me. Um the other thing I was going to say, I watched there's a uh, YouTube channel on baseball on uh, YouTube channel that covers baseball called Baseball Doesn't Exist, mm -hmm. and they covered they covered this whole thing on why they don't think there's going to be a season this year, and it's scary. Like not only how many issues that the players and the owners are disagreeing on, but how far apart how far apart they are yeah. on all of these issues. Yes, it's just it, it's so scary. And it's not like you could say, all right, we'll give you A and we'll take B. 
they're just so far apart that there's no way you're going to be able to do that. Yeah, no, they're like, here's A, the other side is Z, and let's let's incrementally, I'm going to move up to B now, and you're going to move up to Y, and that's how they're doing this. It's like one letter at a time. It's like, it's it's ridiculous. It, it's it's just yeah. it's unfathomable, really. Yeah, I, I'm almost at the point in my mind where I'm saying I'll be shocked baseball this season. That's how negative I'm thinking about it. Yeah, well, I, I honestly, Mike, with all due respect, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> you know? Me too, I real, as me as a Mets fan, like, it's, it's depressing year in and yeah, year out. that's gotta hurt. But that's what keeps me, it, it keeps me going. Like, I, I'd rather see that than no baseball at all. Right. I mean, Mets just got Max Scherzer. They got, they got a one-two punch that rivals any team in the league with DeGrom and Scherzer at the top of that rotation. And now there might not even be baseball. I mean, the day in the life of a Mets fan, right? Yeah. We're dreaming <laughs> about that for, you know, for days when it happened. Yeah. And I might have to wait for months to see it. Uh, exactly. That's exactly right, Mike. Hey, and thanks for the call there. I appreciate that. Let's go. Kevin in Camden, New Jersey. You are up next on the fan. What's up, Coach? How are you? I'm good, Kevin. How are you? I'm good. I got three topics. Um, the Knicks, the Nets, and then I got this baseball toward the end because I got a comment on that too. Yeah. Um, I'm starting with the Knicks first. That 28 point lead that they blew. Uh, that listen, brutal. They've had some terrible losses, but that might be the worst. You know why it's the worst, Kevin? Because now they have to sit and think about it for what is it, nine days or Not something? Only that, but <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's the. I mean, it, it's, it just shows how bad Thibodeau. I mean, listen. The guy, you're a coach. You know, the development, and this is, you know, you're a coach. Development is important. Young players' development. Is yes. Key. All right. The Knicks aren't going anywhere. It's time for them to develop. Stop playing the veterans. There's no need to play Kemba Walker on his bum knees. Yeah. There's no need to play Evan Fournier with his seventy-eight million dollars. There's no need. For and, this. and Kevin, not, not even that too. Evan Fournier, thirty-eight minutes a game. Julius Randle, forty-one minutes a game. Do you know why they keep blowing fourth quarter leads? This is not because rocket Thibodeau science. Thibodeau doesn't take them out because they're tired, right? Game. Exactly. That's been his problem, and that's how Derrick Rose got injured in the first place. Because when he was with Chicago. They were winning big against Philadelphia. Thibodeau, for some reason, kept Rose on the court. The next minute, he got hurt. Yeah, and, and guess what? Same thing with R.J. Barrett, too. That's that's how yep. R.J. Barrett got yep. hurt this exactly. season. Exactly. And that's, for, for me, I told my dad this. And, I mean, you know, the Knicks, I kind of I kind of want Thibodeau. Why? As bad as that may seem, but I, I just think it will be better for the organization to get rid of him. Yeah, they got, he's got three years left on his deal after this. But you know what? It's for the long-term benefit. I think it might be better if he goes. Well, Kevin, I, I, really I would tell I would one. tell you one thing that I, I believe there was a, some sort of internal conversation that went on there that I think the younger kids are going to get more time. I think right. I think Thibodeau was told you need to play these young kids. We'll see I what happens after right, the break. But, but historically, I'm just not yeah. buying it with Thibodeau. But I, hope I know. Right. Um, real quick with the Nets, the James Harden Ben Simmons thing. I'm not fond of Simmons. People know that I'm not. You know I'm not. Mm-hmm. But I told you. I told you before. Harden didn't want to be there. So, like, yeah, it's not the best return, but, like, it's I'll something. accept it. I'll accept it. You know, it's three for one. And if Simmons plays decent defense, sorry, that's good for them. But it's not the best return, but it's better than nothing. So, and Harden, good luck in Philly. Because if it doesn't work out, it's on him. Yeah, that's because right. This is, this, is, this, is his, this is the second time in a year that he sports as well. Good luck in Philly. Because if it don't work out, she thinks of that in New York. Philly's not exactly a walk in the park either. So Yeah, what's he going to do, retire? Well, yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, nah, that, that's how I feel about it. You know, it's not bad for the Mets, but we'll see how it goes, though. 
I might be going to the March 10th game, by the way, you too. So we'll see how that goes. We'll but, see. Good luck. I hope so. Well, if I do, I'll let you guys know. But um, anyway, but baseball, as far as baseball goes, listen, I agree with you. I am so tired of this. Just get something going. Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna say, I, told, I told people this. I wrote it on Twitter. And people say, ah, no, I'm going to watch the Atlantic League baseball. Good. I'm actually, I'm actually going to do that because I need baseball. All right? I, baseball, I need it because, listen, I love this. Baseball is my favorite sport, so I just need it. Staten Island, Ferry Hawks, I'll be watching. Edgar Alfonso, manager, I'll be watching that team. So, yeah. And I will say, yeah. And I also pre-ordered MLB The Show, so I'm still in baseball mode. But I'm serious. These owners, they got to get in a room. Lock the door until they get an agreement done. See, that's how it is. I am just so sick of reading it that I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to watch Atlantic League until they resolve this because it's, it's just I'm so sick of reading all this stuff. So Yeah, and I it's guess, just, Kevin, the uh, yeah. the one, I guess, silver lining in all of this is the last time this happened. It's my understanding. I was too young to understand, but my understanding that they, they televised a lot of those games. So Yankee fans are going to get a good look. At their their top prospects in the Somerset Patriots, probably is where they're going to start. Volpe, Anthony Volpe, and and Jason Dominguez, who are in the top twenty prospects in the in the MLB pipeline in, in Major League Baseball's pipeline. There are two of them that we're probably going to get to watch on TV most every day. So that's a silver lining, I guess. Going to those games; those games are cheaper, I guess. Go to the Jackals, New Jersey Jackals in uh, Montclair or the Somerset Patriots or whatever. The Long Island Ducks, like you said. Hey, at least there's still some sort of baseball of guys that actually want to be there. Which sport has the best all-star game and celebrations that go with it? Have you watched any of this 2022 NBA All-Star Weekend coverage? Let me know what you think of it so far. At 877-337-6666. I tell you, I was heavenly invested in the three-point competition. Specifically, well, I'll tell you why. Coming up next here on The Fan. Welcome back to the McCartan Midnight. We are 15 minutes to the stroke of midnight here in New York City. I got um, college basketball on the TV here. That's right. Pat Boyle on the ones and twos and on the phones at 877-337-6666. You know, um, some tweets coming in on this uh, on this baseball stuff. I got a tweet from uh, Matt. His name is uh, at MR3402. He says... You know, the majority of players who played in the major leagues last year didn't earn a million dollars, right? Well, here's how, here's how we, we deal with that, Matt. Here's how I respond to that. They made more than us to play a game. I know. I, I mean, they made way more than I did. I can speak for myself. They, they made way more than I did to play a game. I educate kids. For a living. The future of America in my day job. And I'm here on the weekends. I work seven days a week. And these guys make way more than I do to play a game. So, uh, I got a tweet from uh, Rick 
10687. He said, I doubt they care at all. Moreover, they seem to be obsessed with money right now and have no interest in the long-term survival of the sport. You know, that's another thing. Good point there, Rick. The the long-term survival of the sport. I mean, I don't know. I was talking about this the other day. You know, kids in my class on Jersey Day, they no longer wear baseball jerseys. You know what they wear? Basketball jerseys. And I'm not talking about, you know, Knicks and Nets. I, I've never seen a Knicks, a kid wearing a Knicks jersey ever. I've seen one Kevin Durant jersey. These kids are wearing uh, Tyler Hero jerseys. They're wearing John Morant jerseys. There was another one, Dwayne Wade. I mean, it's just kids are, are not interested in the game of baseball. And this lockout and this stalemate between these two sides... It's just, uh, it's not helping the cause. We'll put it that way. And you know what else? While while we're at it, you know what else is not helping the cause? These games that start at 7.30 at night, 8 o'clock at night, 8.30 at night here on the East Coast. And I, I'm an adult that goes to school and teaches. I can't stay up and watch the end of these games. As a kid growing up, I didn't really get to see much of Mariano Rivera or John Franco. I had to go to school. So, come on, man. Start the games earlier. Let the kids watch the the excitement of the end of them. Maybe you pull them back in. Please, we could talk all night about this. Suggestions to improve the game of baseball for the kids. How about involve a second screen simultaneous to the broadcast that you're watching on TV or in the stadium? Everybody's looking at their phone while they're watching TV. And and I was watching what was it called today? Uh, some show on that. And uh, NBA TV was on while I was preparing. It was on in the background. And I actually caught myself watching something that said it was like a, a DJ special. Like the in arena DJs were talking and and about you know just just that they understood the assignment was to to you know fans are at a basketball game for three hours yet there's 48 minutes of action. Think about a baseball game now, right? It's even less, I would say. Longer and less. So you have to be able to think of ways to engage people in the seats. Well, utilizing a second screen is absolutely that. My opinion. Whether that be trivia games to win things. And not just, you know, one winner a game. Every inning, you have a trivia contest between innings. I mean, man, I, I, I sign me up for this job. What is it, baseball ops? Get me involved in this. I'll help you. And, and and also too in the age of these these highly paid athletes across all sports, the watering down of of, of all star games was inevitable. I'm like I'm not saying that you have to like it, but I'm saying it, it was unavoidable. No tens or, or multi tens or multi hundreds of millions of dollars of athlete wants to blow out his or her knee in a silly game that that doesn't even mean anything to begin with. So, with that said. Have you watched any of the NBA's coverage this weekend? I found myself tuned in, you know, preparing for the show while the TV's on in the background, to everything the NBA put out today. I, I kind of surprised myself with that. The dunk competition, the three-point competition, the, the HBCU game even. Like, I think that was the first thing of the day. I don't know, but, but I watched it all. And of course, you got to watch the hometown guys. Obi Toppin, who, who won the dunk competition, and Patty Mills, 
Oh, Patty Mills. You know, I used a risk-free token on one of the, the betting apps on, on Patty Mills to win the three-point contest. Heavily invested. $20 at plus 500 odds. And I lost the $20. Well, I got it back in free bets, but you know what? F Trey Young. I mean, seriously, that guy, man, by one point, he sat Patty Mills down. By one, one. I hate him. I hate Trey Young. Knocked the Knicks out, made me lose some money tonight. I just hate Trey Young on multiple fronts. And, you know, just for total fun, because I like the odds. I picked Devin Booker to be All-Star Game MVP. $5 at plus 2,000 odds. I mean, the actual NBA All-Star Game is an actual joke. But I like the dunk competition. I like the three-point contest. And and before the, I, I, the break, I asked, which sport has the best All-Star Game celebrations and, and game and weekend and all that? Let me know what you think. 877-337-6666. For me, I looked through the four major sports. The NFL, the National Football League, was in total last place. The skills competitions are silly. The game itself is unwatchable, horrible. I did not even watch it at all, not one minute of it. Honestly, the game should just be turned into a flag football game, and that's it. Be done with it. Because that's essentially what it was. And for me, the rest of them were, were kind of close. I mean, I, I thought about earlier today how much I loved watching the three-on-three hockey the actual game, like the actual all-star game, the hockey thing, because they actually played. And to me, I don't know. I, n- I never played hockey. Me and my brother used to play driveway hockey with a, you know, sticks and a tennis ball and two garbage cans. And I used to slam them into the boards, which was actually the garage door. He used to laugh. He, he actually never did it back to me. And then one day he was bigger than me, my younger brother. Um, but I, I never played ice hockey before, but to me, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, Wow, playing a full ice three-on-three game seems to me to be actually harder than regular hockey itself, to me. So I like the uh, the, the hockey all-star game itself, the product itself. Um, then I thought about like skills competitions and air quotes there, how iconic the home run derby is. And who doesn't love the three-point and the dunk competition? I mean... It was really the only all-star game competition out of all of them that I actually put money on. So for me, the best game belongs to the NHL. The best competitions belong to the NBA. Agree? Disagree? Let me know your thoughts. I got uh, at Chris D. Pame on Twitter. He's saying the only all-star game I will watch is, is MLB. The others, Pro Bowl, NHL, and NBA games don't interest me anymore. Well, there you go. Back to the calls at 877-337-6666. Uh, to Hoboken we go. And Jimmy, you're up on the fan. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm trying I'm, With this whole CBA and the lockout when the major leagues, a lot of people um, fail to realize the owners in the long, they're, they're about the long game. You know, I'm, I'm part of a union, and uh, when we go off for the CBA and come up with a new contract, mm-hmm. um, the carrier – where I work for usually wants something, so we have to give up something. Uh-huh. And the and the billionaires here are looking at the long term game. And like you said a couple minutes ago, you said somebody tweeted out that most of the major league players, you know, didn't make over a million dollars. 
but at the same time they made north of four hundred fifty thousand. So right. they're pretty much the one percent. They're pretty much what we in this country are the one percenters of wealth in this country to play a sport that not a lot of us are privileged to play. So at the end of the day, I get it for the fans like myself and everybody listening and all across the country who are baseball fans. You know, it's like, all right, let's get this going, let's get this rolling. But I understand it as well as the players because, uh, you know, they want to get the guarantee. But it's just, it's a lot of intricacies in the contract that they got to, like, you know, they got to kind of, like, weave out. And, like, that lawyer that called before. Yeah. It is smart to bring an arbitrator in multiple and, you know, go off the new wants and needs. Yes. And pretty much the arbitrator is fair and impartial. Mm-hmm. They have to see it neutral, not in the favoritism of the MLB and the owners, and also as well with the Players Association. Yeah, right. So, you know, so at the end of the day, hopefully they come to a resolution. But at the same time, do I feel bad for the players? I don't because they are living well to play a sport. Yep. You know, and it's something, you know, it's something. But at the same time, I do feel, you know, I feel for them. But at the same time, you got to look at it at the owner side, you know, as a billionaire. They're running a corporation and they want pretty much return on their investment. And not including with, you know, with the networks and the sponsorships and all that and the, and the merchandise and everything going on in the stadium and the season ticket holders. So, you know, they're sitting on a golden goose, but at the same time, it's like, do you, do you really want to nickel and dime the players who actually bring, you know, the fans like ourselves to watch again? So that's my, uh, that's my view on it. Thank you so much for uh, answering, uh, talking. Yeah, Jimmy, and, and yeah. it's all fair points there. Right. And I think being part of the union, and myself included, during the day I'm part of a union, you you have to understand that that's how that works. And by the way, the, the minimum salary in 2021, so last season, the minimum salary, if you're making league minimum in Major League Baseball, you're making $570,500. 570000 five hundred dollars to play a game of baseball. Minimum. Sign me. Where do I sign for that? Where do I sign for that? So, yeah, I, I understand. And, and and yes, you have to look at it from both sides, right? There are two sides. Two two. There's three sides to every argument. Yours, mine, and the truth. And the fact of the matter is. The owners and the players' association each have their own sides. They've been dug in on 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 multiple, multiple different issues, and they're budging in five million dollar increments. I mean, they are a hundred million dollars apart on some some line items. That's a lot of money. Meanwhile, the guy who's working the uh, the popcorn vending machine at any one of those spring training parks. Might not be able to pay his rent because he's not getting paid. So, and I went through all that before. And and if you're a worker, uh, you know, a daily worker, you know, a seasonal worker, they're called a seasonal worker at, at City Field or Yankee Stadium. Are you starting to get a little nervous that, hey, maybe you might not not have your, your seasonal income coming in? That's a real thing. That's a that's a that's a reality. So, am I am I talking directly to you? Give me a call, 877-337-6666. And you know you got a good, you know, a good, I don't want to say argument because we're not arguing, but you got a good point. You've got a good point. When people start arguing with each other in your Twitter mentions, your Twitter mentions are going crazy. I can't. I can't even keep up. Like, I can't even read this. I got to I gotta read this on the commercial. If you guys want to tweet me, eight seven at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N or call in at 8. 
Um, someone says, get rid of the professional negotiators. Well, they don't have them yet, but doesn't want them whatsoever at all. They have no incentive to settle. The longer to last, the more money they make. That also is true because those guys are also not doing that for free either. And I use guys as a, as a general term. Those, those negotiators, those arbitrators, those mediators, they're also getting paid. Good point there. Everybody's trying to make the money. Someone said, uh, MLB owners are right here. These players are greedy. This is Sam Alec Roskin on Twitter. MLB owners are right here. These players are make blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and to defend the players on this is laughable in this respect. It was reported. Okay, sure. But there are two sides. You know, these players are getting their service time manipulated. They're getting kept down in the minors for longer than they have to because the owners don't want to pay them when they reach the major league and have to pay them more sooner. So there's multiple different things. You can agree with both the owners and the players on multiple different sides of this. How about we just agree that that they just they just need to come to an agreement and soon and fast. Here's Pete McCarthy with an update. Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. I'm just trying to catch up with all the people arguing in my mentions on Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. People are arguing over the salaries of baseball players. The fact of the matter is, the, 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 the minimum salary for a Major League Baseball player in last year was $570,500. I, uh, I Sign me up. I mean, really. Please. Please do. And you know what? While you guys are arguing in my Twitter mentions, that's fine. I think, and if you want to get aboard, it's 877-337-6666. I think I have a proposal that's going to unify all football watchers. Not just here, but around the entire country. City of Cincinnati knows what I'm talking about. They announced earlier uh, the night, I think it was the, the, the night that the Bengals won the AFC Championship. I think it was that night. Or maybe it was just the day after. All Cincinnati public schools were closed on Monday the 14th of February. And the reason being, according to the real-life memo that went out, it was so that staff and students can, quote, celebrate what we believe will be our city's first-ever Super Bowl victory, end quote. They were as confident as ever in Evan McPherson, clearly. And it was a win-win because if they lost, which they did, they could stay home and cry. And if they won, they can go celebrate. So I think that we all can agree that going to work on Super Bowl Monday is just awful. You're tired. You're set up poorly for the rest of the week. And then you drag that entire week. Every day it's hard to get up for me anyway. And for me also, I talked about it a little bit before in, in negotiations, in my day job as a teacher, I can't sulk into work. I can't hide in a cubicle all day. I can't even work from home for that matter. I walk through that door and boom, it's game time. I'm on display immediately. I'm not here to complain. I'm here to solve the problem. As I often try to do on this show and on my show. And I'm trying to deal with this negotiation. I outlined a plan for them to efficiently and effectively 
knock out this this negotiation. But hear ye, hear ye. I've got two solutions for everyone. I might put this up on a poll on Twitter. <sighs> Super Bowl Monday, because it sucks. A, make Super Bowl Monday a national holiday. Because I think even if you're not a football fan, you're going to things, parties and stuff. I mean, my mom, right? She she went out. She was out late that night. She left at halftime or right after halftime. Or B, forget Super Bowl Sunday. From next year on, make it Super Bowl Saturday. I mean, like, why is this so hard? This is an event that most people get behind. People that don't even really watch football are watching the Super Bowl. If not for the game, for the for the commercials, for the performers, it's not so hard, in my opinion, to get this done. I mean, really. Is anybody out there listening that can help us all? Give me a call at 877-337-6666. Let's make Super Bowl Monday a, a real thing. Uh, off. A real thing. So I'm going to actually put this into a poll on Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Maybe Instagram, too, if I get a chance, at Coach McCartan uh, there as well. Um, which of my football fan unifying options do you like better? And I'll put it up uh, in a second. So 877-337-6666 is the number uh, to Lewis in Manhattan. You're up on the fan. Hey, hi. Um, um, my, my question is, according to what I heard this, this afternoon on ESPN, from 2003 up to now, the owners made lots of money. In 2003, the revenue for owners was close to $6 billion revenue. Mm-hmm. Now, now, it's $10 billion. So what can they just pay the players? That is the million-dollar question, question. Lewis. I feel like the owners are getting just everything that they want. Mm -hmm. And I also agree with you on the Super Bowl Sunday. It's really, really hard to go to work on Monday. Horrible. Thank you. (laughs) Horrible. Yeah, Lewis, thanks. Um, Yeah, that is the million-dollar question, is it not? The rich get richer. That's how that goes, right? That's how that saying goes. I I know I usually mess up sayings here. Uh, you know, those those cliche sayings, but I, I believe I got that one right. The, the rich get richer, or the re- rich keep getting richer, something like that. It's not me. That's that's all I know. To Queens we go. And Sam, you're up on the fan. Sam! Oh, no. Hey, how you doing? Oh, hey, Sam. I, I was just about to dump you real quick. Go ahead. Uh, don't tell me just yet. I just want to talk in relation to the NFL, just like our last caller. They're basically guaranteed two years on the contract. So these MLB guys are looking at lock-up contracts early, which I agree with. But you got to prove it. And at what point is baseball progressing as a sport? I mean, we've got A-Rod. A-Rod could stick around for as long as he wants. He could get 300 for the Long Island Ducks, for all I care. But when are we going to care about the owners? Who are the ones providing everything? The bills, the stadium, and if we well, wait a get- second. First of all, Sam, the, the owners don't provide all of the stadiums. A lot of those stadiums are are funded by by taxpayer dollars, our money. That's first. I mean, do you want Bill De Blasio playing third base? Come on, 
I don't know. I don't understand who, what that question is. I'm just saying, who's really putting the money up? Who's paying the salary of these players? Everybody's taking the player's side. And at the same time, you've worked very hard, and I respect your show. You're talking about the day of the Super Bowl, right? How nobody likes to work, but you still go to work. These players, they want to play. They do. Yeah, but you know why they want to play? Because once once the regular season starts and they're not playing, they don't get paid. That's why they want to play, because they want to get paid. Well, if you're off on Super Bowl Monday, you get you don't get anything. You don't get paid either. I do. Everybody, I would. Yeah, if it's a national holiday, I, I would. Yeah, not everybody has that privilege. Right. But anyway, you're right about that. What do you do? What's your solution? I want to know your solution and your opinion for baseball. On what we could do for yes. baseball? How do you solve the problem? Yes. Did you, you listen- young guys with young talent? Did you listen to the open at all? I absolutely did. Okay. And I heard every single point Good. of yours, and I disagreed with every single. Really? One. So let's go through all. Go ahead. Go. What's the first one? Tell me that you disagreed with. Go ahead. Arbitration. What about it? So each year. You're negotiating your contract. You're up pretty much in free agency. You got to prove yourself every single year. Do you have to prove yourself every year at WFAM? I have to prove myself every single day here, but you're you're you're, you're uh, every single shift actually. Um, but arbitration is just the pr- it's, it's the name of the process of negotiations. That's what that is. Okay. Next. Next. Yeah, and my next point. Well, you're opening. Mm-hmm. The next point was, when do you think that we should start paying these players? They step on a field at 23 years old. Mm-hmm. When are we going to are we gonna wait four years, five years of the NBA, the NHL even? Start paying them max contracts, you mean? Like max Not money? Not max contracts. But when do they deserve to have a chip in the chair at the table? Well, when they when they provide the, the 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 body of work that says that they can belong there. So is that after one year of service time, two years of service time, three years of service time, four years of service time? What is it? I don't know. How about you? I would say military. I would say we're not. What are you? Ta- we're not talking about service time in the military. As I sit here in a. Freedom military T-shirt. Actually, we're not talking about that. We're talking about service time in the MLB. So, do you want the the rosters to expand to to a sixty man roster? Everybody gets paid, and, and and is that what you want? Do you understand what that means? That, that means they would pay not every man. But when Pete Alonso puts up fifty two home runs, does he not deserve more money? Does he not deserve? But these did you not hear what I said? They want to have a fifteen million dollar bonus pool for people like that. Hello? Yeah, I understand the bonus pool. No, you don't. You don't, though. In what sense do I not understand it? Oh, my God. Sam, I'm sorry. I feel my IQ dropping. I'm sorry. I I don't say that often. I I really don't. Anybody that's a fan of the show knows that I don't say that often. The bonus pool is there to to award pre-arbitration players with bonus pool money. The players have proposed $115 million. The owners want nothing. They propose $10 million. Okay? That's how far apart those two sides are on that. However, they have agreed in principle to the idea that the younger players, should they earn it, should they prove their worth at the MLB level like a guy like Pete Alonso did, 
They deserve to be awarded uh, monetarily for that. There's nothing wrong with that. They agree in that. I think after two years of service time, then they should be able to, to, to reap the benefits of two solid years being a Major League Baseball player. Because you've seen the Scranton shot, You've seen it all. The shuttle, this and that. Minor League, Major League, call up this, send down that. They should be awarded big-time dollars or begin to be awarded big-time dollars as the players are presenting after two seasons, two full seasons. And, I mean, but then you look at the owner's side of that. You say, well, to award a guy like Pete Alonzo with all that money, we're gonna, that's going to cut into our bottom line. You know what you do? Then if you're an owner, like I used to do when I played a roller coaster tycoon when I was a kid. When it was raining, I used to jack up the prices of the umbrella to make more money in my bottom line <laughs> of me as a roller coaster tycoon amusement park owner. Okay? That's what the owners can do. They can jack up the prices of whatever they want, and people are still going to pay it. Like I said before, a $20 box of chicken fingers, a bucket of chicken fingers, you pay it. $15 for a beer, you pay it. $45 to park at Yankee Stadium, you continue to pay it. We are the suckers. We are the suckers. Forest Hills, Stan, you're up on the fan. Good evening. How are you? Okay. Uh, I have a friend who works, does business with the NFL teams. He sells products to them, this and that, you know, items with put their names on. And he told me he spoke to one of the comp owners, uh, one of their people, mm-hmm. and they basically said, maybe, first of all, I, I wanted to ask you about, get to, what were the ratings this year? Were they down more than 10, 15% from the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl, I think, was, was majorly successful this year. Was it, but was it down from last year? I, like, I, I think don't the, think the, it the was. guy who I spoke to just said maybe about four percent down or something. Is that true? I mean, was I it don't down? I think so. I'm trying to look it up as you talk. Okay, all right, I'll keep talking. Yeah, continue. No, but the point I'm trying to make is, the guy said, they say what's in their mind, and as you said, they people, they get away with charging anything. They will go. They will go. It's it's being discussed, but now they will go totally pay per view. For the Super Bowl within five to ten years, you know, totally, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, and they'll get, and the idiots will pay it, or uh, or maybe the NFC champion, totally will. Go, it's in their mind. It's just waiting because they see what's going on. They will go pay per view. Yeah, I, am I, I wrong on that? No, I, I don't think I don't think you're wrong. Unfortunately, I, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, on un- that. Unfortunately, but yeah, I, here's really. my point. Yeah, I don't watch football anymore. I don't watch baseball anymore. I don't watch basketball anymore. To me, it's now all watered-down garbage, sadly. Uh, and you said something that got me a little, not mad at you, but you made a bet on the, you're a sportscaster, and you made a bet on the game. There was a time when sportscasters, not, I'm not condemning you, but there was a time when sportscasters covered the game, they called the game, and that was it. But now we have sportscasters, not, not that you, who said, well, you know, I made a $30 bet, blah, 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 blah. This is... This, to me, the idea of betting, I know I may be from another planet, is the worst thing that can happen to sports. The worst. When when it was pure as it was, and I'm not saying it was, you know, angels, it was great. But it's not anymore. It's not. And to watch the game and to say, well, you bet $20 and you lost or whatever it was. uh, uh, I mean, to me, that's depressing. I know you got it, you know, you're talking. 
and it's illegal, and it's not, but it's depressing. Well, I'm sorry about that, Sam. But I'm I gotta, not blaming you. I, listen, I got to tell you something. When I there was what, two seasons right before the pandemic, whatever football right, season right, that was, right, I, right. I worked in the Giants communication office, right. and I signed the same contract that that like Eli Manning signed, saying that you will not gamble or wager, place a wager, not even play fantasy football, right. During the time that you are an employee, right, with the with the Giants, and I I tell you something, I I did not place a single dollar bet on. I'm not condemning you or anything. I know. I'm just saying, you know. It's- but you know what, though, it, it, to me, for me, putting five dollars on a game, I was at. Listen, I was at the Devils game. Uh, they played the Lightning uh, a couple nights ago. Right. Sitting at the game just to make it a little bit more exciting, and it did. I put free bets. I, and bet MGM gave me a free free bets. Right. I bet ten dollars on uh, Jack Hughes to score a goal, and I bet ten dollars on Nikita Kucherov to score right. a goal. Right. Guess what? I won thirty forty five dollars. Yeah, but look what it took. You said to make it exciting. There was a time when it was exciting. But it is exciting. This. I'm not knocking. What, no, you know what I'm saying? But Stan, there but was Stan. a time without this. Who right? needed but it? But it still was exciting to be there. But when they scored, people were high-fiving me that were Lightning fans all around me because I won a couple bucks. I won $23 on a goal. Oh, I understand that, but isn't it enough that they got the goal and that's the end of it? It was fun. Sure, it was fun. You, but don't, you t- don't see the dichotomy here? You don't see what I'm saying? I, I understand what you're saying. I got nothing yet. But there was a time when we went for sport for sport. And now it's, uh, did you make your 40? Now we go to the game, and then there's always a doubt. Maybe the guy didn't do it right, or this and that. There's always, now there's going to be doubts. I'm not, I, look, I'm, I'm from another planet, I guess. I don't know listen, if a lot of people agree with me. But. Listen, I, I, listen, I, uh, I do it in, in fun little silly increments. There are right. people on here that, that do it in much larger quantities, and, and you know what I'm saying? Oh, sure. But I, I just do it for, for a little bit of fun. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, really, I really don't. But you, you said there are others that do it. Sometimes their tone, if they lost, oh, God, they lost. I dropped 60 or 80, 100. Well, see, hours. that's the difference. That, that, that bothers me. That, see, that would bother me, too. But I only bet money that, it, that if I lost it, it, it wouldn't matter if I lost it. You $5 the, here, $3 there. Oh, do you, you, you're, you're a sport, you, listen, you see what's going on. Do you see it with other sportscasters that there's a tone is changing because they're betting or maybe in their, in their uh, handling of a game or analysis? Uh, can you tell? I mean, you know what I'm trying to say? You I know, know what you're trying to say. And listen, I can't comment on what anybody else does. Right, understand. I understand. But listen, the, the, the best I can do, and I'm going to let you go here because sure, he's giving me, sure, the, sure. Uh, he's giving me the, the wrap-up single here. But the best I can tell you is this. I, I know I do my job here when you know which fan, or when you don't know which fan of which team I am. That means I'm just doing it right down the middle, right down the center. I, I strive on purpose to do it like that because I don't want any, you know, fan of X team turning me off and saying, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's a, she's a Y fan, whatever, team Y fan. She doesn't know. No, because I give straight down the line analysis of everything that I do, including games that I bet on, including games that I bet my $3 on and hope for a good outcome. Like tonight, Patty Mills just didn't have it. Patty Mills just didn't have it. In the, in the three-point competition, unfortunately. Fortunately for me. Unfortunately for him. It's just how it is. It's just what it is. It's utilizing a second screen while watching a, a particular sport play out on television or in person. And it's the wave of the future. It's how it is. And so through the, the little dribs and drabs of, of real baseball news out there that this country has gotten... A quote from Aaron Judge. 
about his future here in Pinstripes has cut through the deafening silence. What did he say? And more importantly, what the weight of those words say as they pertain to the future of the Yankees will be. And by the way, just to answer the original question, the, the numbers from NBC are in. 112.3 million viewers saw, saw the Super Bowl this year, and that was a 14% increase in viewership from last year's Super Bowl. And that was the Bucks and the Chiefs. And of course, this was the Bengals and the Rams. So all that and more coming up here on The Fan. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. We've had a changing of the guard on the phones and behind the glass. We say goodbye to Pat Boyle. And we say hello to Nick Mattina. And if you speak Italian, Buonanotte. you know that Mattina in Italian means morning. So this is perfect that Nick slides in at 1225 in the morning here. Earlier. You, you were here earlier, but I'm just saying. Yeah, you know what? Ubers and, and Billy Eilish concerts made me a little late, but, you know, it is what it is. Ah, you should have played Billy Eilish. I love Billy I saw Eilish. her. I, I saw her at UBS with my sister. You did? Yeah, last week. Really? Yep. How awesome is she in concert? Great. Yeah. UBS stinks. What? <laughs> Stinks. Oh, you're wearing a Ranger sweatshirt well, right no, now. No, 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 no. Not just because of that. Let's, uh, not, let's not start. Biased, I mean, the parking. Everybody. The parking. The parking. Oh, yeah. Awful. Yeah. I heard that about that place. Yeah. But if you got a BMW, you get to park for free. Really? Yeah. No way. A thousand percent. I can't tell if you're pulling. No, I, I swear. It was $50 in one lane or BMW parking for free if you want to. If you want to park for free, if you have a BMW. If I'm Googling that. Just go ahead. UBS Arena. I'm pretty sure they sponsor parking, so Get you can... Get out. UBS yeah. Arena, BMW parking. I can't tell if you're joking with no, me. No, Danielle. UBS Arena signs new partnership agreement premium. Do you need, like, special tickets? I don't know. It just said BMW Whoa. free. BMW is offering BMW owners who arrive in their BMW complimentary access on a first-come, first-served basis. How ridiculous <gasps> is that? Well, I guess I'll be doing more things at UBS Arena. You have a BMW? Yeah, I do. Damn it. I was like, can I just print out a BMW sticker and <laughs> slap it on, it on my Kia? <laughs> <laughs> They'll never know. Yeah, nah. Unless they're like a car expert. They'll never know. know. Let's have a good show. Oh, my God. Uh, that That's awesome. I never heard of anything like that. All right. What's the next thing we can go to at UBS Arena? Well, if you have an American Express uh, car, you get into the complimentary entrance also. If not, you get to walk around. Mm, no, I don't have that. Me either. I got to get one. Yeah. Or go with my brother. I think he has I have one. a Chuck E. Cheese card. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. All right. So we've got Aaron Judge. He's uh, He told the media uh, last postseason that his preference was to sign a contract extension with the Yankees, like be a Yankee for life, the whole thing, right? Not to really test the free agency waters. Okay. So he was on... CC Sabathia and Ryan Rocco's R2-D2 podcast. This was Thursday. And basically, he said all of that again. And this time he added, this is a quote, if it doesn't happen, and this is my last year, I've had a lot of great memories. End quote. So, I don't know. My favorite Aaron Judge memory was when I watched him hit the first home run of his entire Career. It was a back-to-backer with Tyler Austin. You might be nodding your head. You know, 
Both of them hit home runs in their first career at bats, which is pretty cool. I was sitting in the right field bleachers. It was a 96-degree air temperature with a heat index of 104. I went back and looked it up. I, I went also through my camera roll. That's another thing. I never delete any a single picture out of my camera roll. And I, I, t- I actually that day took a picture of my knees dripping sweat. My knees were sweating. That's how hot it was. I think if memory serves me correctly, and I don't have the best memory, but I think they were giving away uh, free water in the concourse, one of those kind of games. So that is my favorite Aaron Judge memory on the date that the Yankees were honoring the 1996 team, which is the first game I ever went to. It was in 96, or was it 97? Six, told you. But what are the chances that the Yankees could or would have to leave Aaron Judge out in the cold? Well, you'd have to think that th- that they're definitely waiting to see what that new luxury tax threshold's going to be. That's for sure. And then you'd have to think that Judge would garner, what, $30 million annually? Spot track actually suggests uh, an eight-year deal at an AAV of $25.4 million. Okay, so the Yankees could afford Aaron Judge, theoretically, if that dollar amount's correct. The issue, I think, is going to come with the number of years. Eight. He would be 38 years old at the conclusion of that deal. 38 years old for an outfielder. And I say that because, okay, you would think the natural conversion for a guy like Aaron Judge would be, okay, how about a conversion to a designated hitter? Well, not including this season, John Carlos Stanton, he's under contract with the Yankees for the, for the next five after this season with a club option for the sixth. So I guess if this works out, Aaron Judge's birthday is April 20, just about a month from now, April 26th, I think it is, he'll be 30. So if this works out, I mean, I guess he could play the outfield regularly until he's 35. And then if and when the Yankees don't exercise Stanton's option, then I guess Judge could slot in as a DH as a 36, 37, or 38-year-old. Would you sign up for that, Yankee fans? Would you co-sign that? Starting outfield of, over the next four years, minimum, from right to left, you got Judge, Hicks, and Stanton. So, would you co-sign for that, even with a center field DH-type guy in Jason Dominguez? He's due at the major league level in, in 2024. Would you do it? I know I would. But only after this season. Because I want to know that Aaron Judge can give me two back-to-back full seasons on the field. I'm not talking like 162 games. I'm talking like, you know, mostly healthy, sits only because the manager tells him to sit, DH is only because the manager tells him to DH, all that. I want two healthy seasons from Aaron Judge back-to-back because he hasn't yet done it. And then the next move I would make, I would dump Aaron Hicks as soon as Dominguez looks like he's going to be ready. So Judge, Dominguez, Stanton. Talk about scary hours. I think it's going to hit the Bronx sooner rather than later. Because Jason Dominguez looks like the real deal. Everything I've read sounds like he's the real deal. And he's also... 
he would be very cheap because he would be just be coming up from the minor leagues. That could help the Yankees save money elsewhere. And of course, dumping Hicks would also free up some cash flow on that team as well. So would you keep Aaron Judge around? You know, of course the answer is going to be yes, right? But will it work? And I think it can. And I think it, it might. Let's go to Seifert. Adam, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. It's been a little while. I know. Um, three things for tonight. Uh, well, maybe a little more than three because you brought up some things I just wanted to address. Like yeah. Random things. Um, best All-Star weekend is, well, I'm biased. I love baseball. Um, I go back to I love the home run derby. I love Josh Hamilton when he went off and Bobby Abreu mm-hmm. back in the day. Those were awesome, awesome times. Um, regarding the All-Star weekend for, for basketball this weekend, I missed Steph with the uh, three-point contest. I uh, really wish he, he could have um, participated. Oh, yeah. I know. Um, in terms of music, uh, just saw Genesis at UBS uh, last uh, in Je- in December. That was awesome, and I'm seeing them uh, journey at UBS this week. So looking forward to that. Look at you. Um, you. How is UBS? I haven't been there yet. Uh, I mean, I haven't been there for an Islander game for Genesis. It was like it was pretty good. Uh, it's pretty cavernous. It's a very large arena. Um, kind of missed the the Nassau Coliseum because that was a little bit more like confined. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like the everything would. Everything would shake. Um, but in terms of just the points I wanted to make for today, um, I don't think baseball is going to start on time. I think everyone's like digging their heels in and mm-hmm. a lot of the owners are like money hungry. So they just, they don't care about like the fans, sadly. Yeah, that's, well, that's um, part of the problem, right? They don't care about, but what about the people that actually work in those stadiums? They don't seem to care about them either, not getting a paycheck. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of sad in that. I go to a bunch of Ducks games on Long Island. Um, it's the quality's not there, but baseball is baseball, so it's my it's my favorite sport. So I love I yeah. love watching it. Um, the two questions I had for you were: Do you think the Knicks are going to keep RJ Barrett like long term? That's question one. And question two is: Do you think the Islanders can make the playoffs any shot this year? Okay, so question one: RJ Barrett long term? I would think yes. I think I think yeah, RJ I Barrett think. has shown enough improvement. In his time here, that that he would garner, yes, a, a long term deal with the Knicks. I think so. And right. and and honestly, he's part of like that youth movement, right? So you got R.J. Barrett, you know, on the floor. You got to sit guys like Fournier and 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 Randall at this point, and you got you got to give the younger guys a chance to see what they can do, see what you have, and then maybe you end up shipping off one of those older guys. Like, uh, you know what I mean? But but I think R.J. Barrett, yes, is here to stay, for sure. Okay. And uh, what was the other question? I'm sorry, I forgot already. Can the Islanders still make the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> with a laugh. You say that with a laugh. Uh, yeah. I'm losing hope. Oh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. I mean, I'm yeah. looking at the Metropolitan Division right now. I mean, the Hurricanes have 70 points. The, Pen- the Penguins have 70 points. The Islanders all scroll all the way down to 42 points. I mean... Yeah. That's a, that's a big deficit to have to overcome, and I think time is ticking for these teams. I I, I hate to say it, and I hate to draw the the ire of Islander fans. I think they missed the playoffs this year. Yeah, it's it's disappointing because they went so far the, the previous two years getting to the conference finals. I know. Um, and no excuses, but like they started was it thirteen away games before UBS was ready, yes. and like the COVID stuff still. But no excuses, like you know. Yeah, you got to overcome, like right? Next year. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. 
Thanks for thanks for having my call tonight, and uh, I'll keep following you on Instagram, and hope to see you on the on the softball field too. Oh yeah, thanks, Adam. I appreciate the little little pop there for the Bye. softball game. Listen, uh, if you're a fan of the show, you know uh, that last week I got a surprise caller. Did you hear about this, Nick? Yeah, you did. So I, I got a surprise caller, and and I thought that it was Connor Green producing. I thought he was again like you just now pulling my leg, right? So I, I talked about just like I mentioned in the open of Super Bowl Saturday that, like, hey, like, I saw Craig tweeted about the game. I want to know what team I'm on. And then so, and then I was wearing, actually sitting here wearing a Boomer Esiason jersey, and then Connor, you know, in my ear, he on the commercial, he was like, hey, I have actually the same jersey, but in white. Where You know, I said, oh, Boomer was the first jersey I ever got in my life when I was a kid. And then, okay, I'm now getting my things together to come back from break, and he says, hey, uh, Boomer Esiason's on the phone. And I was like, okay. I said, I said a curse word. I said, you're, blanking me Connor he's like no really I said no you're blanking me Connor and he was like listen we got 60 seconds till we're back Boomer Sciences is on the phone I think you might want to take him first I was like wow so he came on and he said uh that I'm gonna be playing on his team he like as if there's any doubt you're on my there team there you go right that. so need the DH <laughs> ask him I don't know <laughs> I'm not gonna ask him I don't, I don't know <laughs> ask him so then he asked what number I wanted he said of course you can't have seven so I was like all right 17 and then speaking of the Islanders, Matt Martin's 17. Duh. So I was like, oh, man, back to the drawing board. And I, I said 99, but then I was like, then I thought about it. Because Boomer once talked to me about catching, being a catcher. If I were to be a catcher, I want something like Heritage. I want like Italian-American, like 31 for Piazza or 8 for Barra. That's how I want to go. about 13? I don't know, because thir- 13, I automatically think of A-Rod. Yeah, but 13, I think of, because it's a good luck number, right? Or is that 17? Well, 13's it, bad luck. In Italy? 13's good luck in Italy, isn't that? Oh, I don't know. That I don't know. I think it is. Oh. I'll double check. Yeah, double check that. I don't know. I know 13 is Taylor Swift's number. That I know. But I'm thinking more like a, I don't know, like a Yogi Berra 8 or like a Mike Piazza 31. I, I think that'd be cool. But either way, listen, I'll play wherever I need to play. Catcher. I think Boomer is the pitcher, so that would be kind of cool, but... Anywhere. Number 13 is considered lucky in Italy. Oh, see? Learn something new every day. Look at that. I'm going to bring that back to my class on, uh, well, we got the whole week off. So, <laughs> but I'll t- I will tell them that. Yes. You know what? A, a, a very, um, you know, everybody has like, what's it called? Uh, sayings in, in their languages and stuff. I, I have a good saying that I love in Italian. It's, I don't want to screw this up. I screw them up in English. It's, it's a, dimmi con chi vai. A tidiro kisei. And it means tell me who you, tell me who you go around with, like tell me who you're friends with, and I'll tell you who you are. Like if you look at like a group of friends and and you know what I mean, and pick out that person I that's who you are. I don't know. I like it. Drawing some Italian in here. In the in the Matina here with Nick. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> in the Matina with Nick. You know, the, the well-oiled machine that the NFL is. The Super Bowl odds for next Super Bowl are already out. Like, where do our Jets and our Giants land in that hierarchy? How might that dictate or indicate next year's expectations for both of our teams? I'll dive into all of that. I want to hear your thoughts as well. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan. After midnight here on The Fan in New York City.
Danielle McCartney after midnight here on The Fan. You know, NFL is a well-oiled machine. It is a juggernaut. And the Super Bowl odds for next season, next year, have already come out. Next year. And I told you in the open on Super Bowl Saturday, I will be in Phoenix at that Super Bowl. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I, I, you got to envision it. You got to say it and manifest it, and it's going to happen. I will be at that Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57, that is. But the odds are out. And, I mean, it's crazy to me, Number like, for two, like A, like, how could they possibly set lines for these teams without the draft even happening? Never mind free agency and any sort of trade deal, whatever. And B, why would they want to set these lines without those things happening? Like, if you're looking for a good deal, this is the best time to get in on it. This is when, on St. Patrick's Day, in about, what, two weeks from now, 2000 and what, 2020, I guess it was, I put money on the on the Bucks to win the Super Bowl because that's where I thought Tom Brady was going to go. And I accidentally pressed it two more times. And then I woke up the day after St. Patrick's Day and I was like, oh my God, this went through three times. And I was like, you know what? Must be, must be destiny. It was like $35 in total, I think. You know what? I'm just going to let it ride. Well, I won $775. Thank you, Tom Brady and the Bucks. <laughs> So that was lucky. But this is, if you're looking for a, a, a deal, this is really the best time to do it, okay? So, the top odds to win the Super Bowl. I don't want to just give them to you. I like making this into a little guessing game. So, Nick, are you up for a guessing game? Oh, am I up for a, yeah, let's go. Which team at plus 700 has the best odds to win the Super Bowl? Right away, my brain goes straight to Kansas City and goes with the Chiefs. Final answer? Yes. <laughs> Wrong. Actually, the, the, the correct answer, number one, the best odds to win Super Bowl 57 are the Buffalo Bills. That was my second pick. Yeah. yeah. All right. You want to go for number two? Sure. Second best odds to win Super Bowl 57 are? Kansas City Chiefs. You're right. All right. At plus 750. <laughs> and then, just for to round it out, mm-hmm. Third best odds. Who do you think? Uh, I'm going to go... Jeez. I know. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the Green Bay Packers. Mm, mm-mm. No. Number three, plus 1,200, the Rams to repeat. Oh, okay. All right. I can see that. I guess the Packers aren't high enough because they think Rodgers might leave. Right. So that's smart. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So there you go. The top top odds to, to win next year's Super Bowl. Bills, Chiefs, Rams. And just for, for I, I looked up the Bengals. Bengals have the seventh best odds at plus 2,000. That might be an interesting pick. I know. With an offensive lineman or two. Yeah. Mm. So I got Joe Burr. <laughs> yeah, Joe Burr. Joe Burr. And Keith McFear, F-E-A-R. <laughs> no Fearson. Keith, no, I mean, uh, Evan, no Fearson. I don't know. That might be a good play there. I, I might do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. Oh, boy. I got the itch. Well, let's just say, you know what? Here's where not to put your money, I don't yeah. think, because the odds makers are not exactly favoring our Jets and our no, Giants. really? No, really. Yeah. 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 
the team with the worst odds to win Super Bowl 57 is... The New York Giants. Nope. Oh, the worst ever? No, I mean, out of the field this oh, year. out of the field this year. Uh, it would probably be... The Texans? Yeah, you're right. Yeah? Plus 18,000. Can you imagine if Aaron Rodgers goes there? <laughs> oh, my God. We're laughing now. Yeah. What's that? What's that? It's a five dollar. I want to. I want to see how much that. that yeah, that payout would be. Is. Uh, that would be something. Well, isn't it like? Uh, don't you do eighteen thousand times five? Was that all this? I don't know. I always just use the calculator right on. The I app. skipped math in high school. <laughs> Ninety thousand dollars <gasps> on a five dollar bet. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not hitting. <laughs> Well, as we were talking Uncle about Hansies, before, uh, two, two, <laughs> if you're comfortable with losing $5, it's not a bad bet. Yeah. That's what we were talking about before. But, hey, maybe not a bad bet. So the Jets are the second to worst odds. They're at plus 15000 Really? The Jets are worse than the Giants? Yep. I thought it would be the other way around. That's what I thought, too. I was a little surprised when I saw that, too. Huh. Yeah. Second worst odds in the league are the Jets at plus 15000 Congrats, Giants fans. <laughs> so we're working out from the bottom. It's, it's Texans are the worst. Jets are the second to worst. Then there's the Jaguars, the Lions, and then with the fifth worst odds to win the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, that is, are the New York Giants. Plus 8,500. Hmm. So then, I don't want to talk gambling, gambling, but, like, think about that and how what that might mean. I mean, because Vegas is rarely wrong, right? So... I looked at the win percentages of the opponents for next season based on last season, if that makes sense. So, like, I looked at the schedules aren't out yet, but I looked at the opponents for the Jets and for the Giants, and they they list them as home and away. Okay, but you see the teams that, that each of them are playing. Now, based on the win percentage of next year's opponents, based on last year's teams, the Jets have the 17th most difficult strength of schedule for 2022, which is pretty much middle of the pack. Uh, the opponents will have a four, or or last year had a 495 winning percentage combined. So on average, I should say. So I kind of looked at the, the opponents and I tried to figure out a win total for the Jets. And okay, so I have them beating, and you tell me if I'm wrong, at 877-337-6666. I have the Jets beating the Jaguars, the Lions, the Bears, the Dolphins twice, and the Broncos. Now, I don't know about that Broncos because maybe that's where Aaron Rodgers ends up. I don't know. But as it stands right now with the with the personnel on each team right now, I have the Jets, one, two, three, four, five, six. I have the Jets at six wins. Again, I have them beating the Jaguars, the Lions, the Bears, the Dolphins twice, and the Broncos. I guess then that would put the Jets at a third-place finish. In the AFC East. So for the Giants. In the same sort of formula here. Based on the win percentage of the opponents. For next season. Based on last season. The Giants actually have the fourth. Easiest strength of schedule. For 2022. And the combined or average win percentage. Of the teams that the Giants are going to be playing. From last season. Is 465. So the same thing, I sat and I looked, and again, there is no actual schedule out. It's just the opponents listed. I tried to figure out a win total for the Giants. 
I have the Giants beating the Washington football team twice. Or what are they? The Commanders now. The Washington Commanders twice. I have them beating the Eagles once. I have them beating the Bears. This is the Giants. Uh, the Giants, I think, beat the Lions. The Giants better beat the Texans. They better beat the Jaguars. I think they beat the Panthers as well. So what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think you're looking at eight wins if you're a Giant fan. So again, all of this, though, right now at at 2.51 in the morning on Sunday the 20th. I'm sorry, 12.51. I'm literally looking at my watch. 12.51. At 12.51 in the morning on Sunday the 20th of February. This is before the NFL draft. This is before any trades, before any free agency. This is my way too early win totals for our football teams. Again, the Jets, I think, end up with six. I think the Giants end up with eight. And you know what? I'd love to have Cynthia Freeland back on around draft time to to have this conversation with her like we did last year. She is the smartest person. Really, literally. What do you think, Nick? Jets six, Giants eight. Sounds solid. I also realized I did math wrong. It's not a nine thousand dollar payout, nine hundred dollar payout. Nine hundred dollar payout. Yeah. You sure that's right? Yeah. I just double checked. I, I went on the app and put in <laughs> and five dollars and it's right. nine hundred dollars. So I think it's you take off a zero at the end. I think you multiply it by that. I don't know. Well, see. See? We're not big gamblers. Yeah, if you couldn't <laughs> tell, I can't even do math. So <laughs> That's why I'm sitting behind the board. (laughs) All right, so Jets at six wins. I think that's fair. Giants at eight. I also think that's fair. And if you're a Giant fan, listen, what you're looking for for next season is what the Jets were looking. The, The Giants are like one step behind the Jets because now the Giants have a first time, first of all, a brand new GM. First-time head coach, and, and on, on down the, the line there, much like the Jets had. So I think if you're a Giant fan, the biggest thing you want to see is this. Development from your quarterback, that's all. You want to see that Brian Dayball can, can get something out of Daniel Jones that he got somehow out of Josh Allen. I think that was the major impetus for hiring him. That's the reason why he was number one on my board. And so we'll have to wait and see. But I think I think it's fair. Jets six, Giants eight. What do you guys think? You can also tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. We'll go to Douglas in the Bronx. You're up on the fan, Douglas. Go ahead. Hi, good evening, Danielle. How are you? Hi. Yeah, so you talked about earlier your all-time favorite Super Bowl halftime show. Mm-hmm. My, my top three were uh, and it's I, I I've been trying to reorder it in my mind, but uh, Prince, Bruno Mars, and Lady Gaga. I know those the last two were more recent. Yeah. Well, the Prince I, one I, I remember was in the rain. It was he was doing Purple Rain in the rain. And what was it? where was that? I forget where that was. Right, that's what uh, you're talking about, right? Yeah, and uh, the, there was an iconic moment where they put uh, they dropped a sheet, and it was him in silhouette. Yes, and of course there was. An innuendo in that silly OS, but it was just that was excellent. Um, and of course, he's got so many legendary songs. But I did watch this past Sunday. I enjoyed it. 
Family Affair from Mary J. Blige is one of my uh, favorite songs of the past two, two decades. So I appreciated that. Um, you know what, that, Douglas, it, let me tell you, I talked to the kids at school and I was kind of fi- trying to figure out if they liked it because it, obviously it's a older, older show. They, they, you know what they did? They, they called her that lady. We didn't know who that lady was, and I immediately oh, no. felt very old. Oh, oh my goodness. I mean, <laughs> and I was in high school. Yeah, what's the 411 uh, had debuted. Uh, so, yes, this is my generation. Yeah, that I, lady. I, I, my I heart broke. More. I was like, my heart cracked in my chest, like, oh, my God, I'm not that old. Yeah, right, we're getting older, right? <laughs> but, yeah, but, but, uh, uh, with the... Um, Yes, and I was watching the halftime that Sunday night. Not the CBS show, my favorite show. Mm. And I know you've got a taste of it this past month. What's your take? Uh, how you feel trying to catch up with uh, Big Brother? I am all month? caught up on Big Brother, Douglas. I- I've watched it all. You you can handle the load of the uh, episode. There's a lot of episodes Jeez, per week, right? I know. Man. There are, it's like four hours of TV a week. I don't even have four hours of, of, of anything <laughs> to do a week. Well, I think that's why I gained forty pounds in my first ten years, five, four years of teaching. But uh, no, I've been. I've been I, you know, I, go ahead. Yeah, I work for websites, so I uh, I follow even the behind the scenes stuff. You know, the stuff I tweet out and I, I the stuff that they talk about on the live feeds. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like background music to me. So yeah, I I'm like not, that you send me all that stuff. By the way, because I, I don't have Paramount Plus, so I like that you send me all that stuff. Yeah, uh, it's more like. Uh, like a real life soap opera, you know, in the mid midday. Yeah. But it's it's something. It keeps me productive because I can't be glued to the computer or the TV to watch all this because most of it's nothing. I mean, I see Misha Tate. Her her entertainment is either playing solitaire or reading the instructions on the on the uh, the uh, either the pretzel chips. Uh, pretzel <laughs> or chip bag. No way. Yeah, <laughs> I, that, that's what it entails. So and it's, uh, I, I want it in the sports realm. I'll talk. Uh, I'll talk about the coaching. Uh, hi- hi- did you see Brian Flores got hired by Pittsburgh? I did. Pittsburgh. Uh, I almost said Pirates. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, hired him. Good for them. That, I think that's a great landing spot. Of course, and they got the Mike Tomlin there, and uh, I mean, still the lawsuit is ongoing. But I think that's like the one landing spot that's perfect. But I, I, I read Peter King's column this past Monday, and he talked about uh, two suggestions that the NFL should go move forward in trying to include more minorities. Okay. Peter King's suggestion was have the teams that don't have a minority coach on the offensive end of things to be have at least an assistant with the minority because uh, a lot of the uh, the vast majority of the coaching hires within the past six years have an offensive element to it or at least have some association with right, it. Right. And, and with Tony Jundage suggested was that no interviews should take place until after the Super Bowl. I agree. And then yeah. don't hire until 10 days after the Super Bowl. In the same column, they described a scenario what Leslie Frazier went through. This was days before he had to prepare the Bills to play the Chiefs. And Brian Dable. Yes. Their franchise. Both of them. Yeah. Horrible. I know. That would be, if I were a Bills fan, and I would be particularly ticked off about that. Like, here they are trying. They should be instilling, you know, the game plan and 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 walking through, doing the walkthroughs and all that. And they're they're worried about interviewing for a head coaching job. It's not their fault. That's how the system is. I totally agree that all of the interviews should be done once all of the teams are done playing, so that everybody has a player fa- fair playing field. Yeah. I like that suggestion. Right. Yeah. I mean, Leslie Leslie Frazier spent six hours 
three of them talking to the Bears, and then he was about to get to the plane to Kansas City. Yeah. He had to squeeze in a three-hour interview with the Giants. I know. I mean, you're not getting the best of Leslie Frazier at right. that point. And if you're Leslie Frazier, you're, you're spread too thin anyway. You're probably not giving your best. Anybody would not give their best interview in, in that state thinking about your game. Too much. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, one more note, Danielle. Yeah. We're counting down the days. Your prophecy, it looks like it might get fulfilled, Danielle. <laughs> what, Going Misha winning Big, Big Brother? I, I, it's, we're getting close. I know. It's, 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 it's there. If she's sitting next to Todrick, it's going to be near unanimous, if not unanimous. It's, yeah. I'd like to hear that, Douglas. And Douglas is a huge Big Brother fan, so that makes me happy to hear that my friend Misha may be winning Big Brother. Woo, I can't wait. That'd be so great. I told you, she doesn't do things, she doesn't enter things just to lose them. She does things to win them, and this might be the next win that she has. Here's Pete McCarthy with an update. Yep. Ask for Billie Eilish and you may receive Billie Eilish. For anybody still maybe stuck in traffic in and around the garden, leaving that concert, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous that you got to see her live. I think um, she just has one of those talents. Like you think of singers like, uh, I, I compare her to like a Lady Gaga who is uber talented, but more so like an Amy Winehouse. Do you, are you, do you know who Amy Winehouse is? Yes, I know Amy. Okay. What do you think? I, how no, old do you think I am? I don't know. <laughs> you know how old I am? No. 23. Oh, I was going to say 25. All okay. Right, but, uh, thank you. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I, I think she's in just, people like see her and not like her automatically, but it just her voice and, and she's just really good. And she's only 20 years old. Yeah. She's just so good. You know what I was doing at 20 years old? You're going to school. <laughs> <laughs> good boy. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Well, you know what? It's that time of the year again. The Associated Press has named its male and female athletes of the year. So this is for all sports. The men's winner, Shohei Otani. And the women's winner was Candace Parker. And in terms of Candace Parker, it's only the second time that a WNBA player has ever won the award. The only other time? Oh, yeah. Candace Parker in 2008. So why I'm expounding upon her is sort of part of a, a bigger issue here because someone tweeted to her. Now, she's the Associated Press Female Athlete of the Year, which is a huge, huge award. So someone asked her on, on Twitter saying like, hey, where can I buy your jersey? And Candace Parker responded with a quote tweet that said, this is a quote, humbled and thankful for the honor. Now, only if my jersey could be available for people, including myself online, in stores, or in the metaverse, that'd be great. End quote. You can find an Otani jersey anywhere. Just saying. So to me, this all goes back to the if you build it, they will come sort of mentality. Increased visibility equals increased interest. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science. So I think a good start would be very simple, to have the jerseys of the female athletes available for purchase. Because as someone who supports women's sports, like I do, myself, 
I actually had a really hard time finding. I was looking for a U.S. Women's National Team jersey. New Jersey's own. Tobin Heath, number 17. Where's my number? She's from New Jersey. I was like, and I've interviewed her in the past. She's great. I was like, I need her jersey. And I, I actually, end up, I, I really do buy like the jerseys or T-shirts of, of a lot of the subjects of the interviews that I've done. And her being one of them. So, but the problem was I had a huge hard time finding the jersey, actually. I mean, eventually I did. Eventually. Looked hard enough. I found it. I actually had to wait for them to restock it on the actual U.S. Women's National Team website. And not because it was flying off the shelves. Probably because they didn't even like make enough of them. But I, I found it. But it wasn't easy. And that's a pretty popular team, if you ask me. And this is years ago, right? Before the, the, um, I think the World Cup started. Or the Olympics. One of the two of them. So anyway. Congrats to, to Shohei Otani. Candace Parker, the Associated Press, Male and Female Athletes of the Year. And I, um, in that interview with Tobin Heath, I guess I, I maybe I've started doing Throwback Thursday posts, and then I just I got I just so busy at school and getting ready for the show and picking curating topics that I just forgot. But maybe this weekend uh, I can do this. Um, I mean this, this Thursday I can do this. Sorry, I'm just reading that Lawrence Taylor is trending on Twitter. I'm trying to figure out why. For okay, so no, never mind. It's one of those things where it's like, which guys are you pick five players to build your defense around, and that's why he's trending. Never mind. I thought something happened. Anyway, um, you know, considering the time of night and everything, sorry, but um, so my, I had, I'm interviewing Tobin Heath. Um, I don't even know what year it was. Four or five years ago. Five, five, I think, and. It's a hot day. It's summertime. She's doing a kids camp um, in New Jersey. And it's in her hometown at Basking Ridge. And they're doing it at Tobin Heath Field in Basking Ridge. And so I'm wearing a a bright yellow dress. She's got a red t-shirt on, Tobin Heath Camp, whatever t-shirt. And um, it's hot. I'm like dripping sweat. And we're talking. And it was a great interview. She's, She's wonderful. But at one point, this is like the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me, like on camera in an interview with somebody like, you know, a subject interview subject. So there's like this huge black bumblebee kind of just hanging around the entire interview. It must've been a, a soccer fan, the bee or, you know, but want an autograph. Yeah. He probably wanted an <laughs> autograph. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So he's buzzing around, buzzing around and he gets like, He's getting a little closer. He's getting a little bit more comfortable because we're not moving, obviously. I got the camera on the tripod. And um, it gets kind of close to her arm. So with my paper, I just kind of tried to – I folded the paper and I, I nonchalantly, of course. And I kind of just tried to kind of swat the bee away just with air. I didn't mean to hit the bee. It just – with the airflow, just push it away from us finally once and for all. It's one of those hot days that air was going nowhere, no flow. And so – it went away, and uh, guess where it went? To me, it was it was flying around my head, and I'm like trying to ignore it, but I'm like a little bit scared. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I just talked to. Her. So she goes, she stops, and she goes, oh, "It's on you." And I was like, "What?" And I panicked. Right? Obviously, they don't sting, but still, they're big, and, and you know. And she's like, "It's on you." And I was like, 
what? So I like moved out of the way. And of course it wasn't on me. She was like, ah, gotcha. She starts laughing out loud, like uncontrollably laughing. So I start laughing because I'm, I'm freaking nervous now. Like, what do we do? How do, how do I recover on this one? So she says to me, once she finally calms down, she goes, do you want me to restart that answer? And I was like, nah, let's just go with it. And I, I, I got home and I thought about it the entire way home. And I was like, you know what? Do I cut this out? Because I have control over it. Do I cut this out of the final interview? I thought about it like all the way home. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave it. I am going to leave this in. It shows a, uh, and also too, it would have been half of an answer of hers. So you probably wouldn't like that either. But that was uh, one of my most viewed interviews. I wonder why. With Tobin Heath. There it is. I've got um another another good one I did was with Lawrence Taylor. It was at um oh god uh, Boone Collectibles I think in Pompton Pompton Plains I think. And I asked him about you know being Bill Parcells's inner circle, and he actually like you know you're supposed to like just listen to their answer and you know he looks at he looks at me he goes. Bill, hey, first of all, wait, before I even get to that, he said, I said, oh, do you mind just a few minutes? He goes, you got two minutes. And I was like, oh, boy. Okay, I can get it done in two minutes. Sure, fine. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, sat down. Ended up being like five or six, seven even. And he goes, Bill Parcells. He was a bleep. It started with A and ended with E. And he said, he was a bleep. And I just lost it. Like Everybody that was watching the interview was laughing out loud. And he looked at me like, did I say something wrong? And it was just, it was it was also awkward. But it was very funny. A funny interview. So, I'm just going back through the archives here and, and, and memorable interviews. I've done a lot. There's been a lot. I'm trying to think. Aaron Judge this summer gave me the scoop that Kevin Costner was going to be in the Field of Dreams game. And he was. So, thank you. That one paid off. Aaron Judge, thank you for that. I'm trying to think. Who's another good one? I don't know. Henrik Lund- Yeah, you're wearing a Rangers sweater here. Henrik Lundqvist. Jealousy. That was a good one. When was that? Ooh, 2017. Okay. 18. And uh, the best question I asked him was, um, would you consider... Because obviously he's one of the greatest goalies, right, to ever yeah. play. So, okay. So I asked him, would you consider leaving the Rangers to pursue a cha- a cup elsewhere. Yeah. He went on for about a whole minute. Absolutely not. I love New York. He was, you know, gushing about being a New York Ranger and, you know, the Ranger way and the whole thing. And I was like, you know what? I believe him. I believe him that when he says that he's not going to leave to go cup chasing, ring chasing, I believe him. And then they bought him out. Yeah, <laughs> and then he became a uh, capital a for, capital for uh, like a month. Yeah, and then he had to retire, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. that ceremony was great. Oh yeah, I, I wasn't unfortunately paying four hundred dollars for a ticket, but yeah, no. I would I would sold a kidney to go to that game. But <laughs> I know not, someone that was there. Yeah, uh, yeah, so did I. Yeah, <sighs> he had group sales, group tickets. Oh yeah, I bet he had people from Sweden. He had <laughs> you know. Yeah, I grew up with Henrik Lundqvist. That's yeah. when I started becoming a Ranger fan. From the like, and I was like, this guy rules, you know. And then fall in love with other Rangers and stuff and everything. So as long as I've been alive, Lundqvist was on the Rangers. And then he decided to leave. And 
Now his numbers are in the, the rafters at the world's greatest. So, Hall of Famer, first ballot? Yes. Even though he never won a cup? I don't think it matters. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Okay, <laughs> I'm, right. with, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. We did talk about you going to a devil game, by the way. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. Oh, why? Why? Come on. Nah. Listen, those are some good seats. They're good seats. Yeah, I saw your picture. And I got a guest out of it, by the way. Oh, did you really? Uh-huh. Actually, two, technically. Oh. Ken Danico will be with us tomorrow. No Spoiler way. alert, yeah. Nice. Not here, but he'll be on the phone. Okay. And then I got um, Steve Cangelosi. Oh. Play-by-play, New Jersey Devils and Red Bulls. Very nice. So I don't know when he's going to come on, but he sa- he agreed to it. He agreed to terms. We just got to figure out when. He <laughs> agreed to terms. <laughs> you find out the year and the money. Yeah, right. Yeah, money, zero. <laughs> Those guys just do it for, for out of the love of the game. I think, but uh, yeah, going to the Devils game, it was fun. I mean, we had, my cousin got the tickets. I mean, they were great, really good. We were a couple rows from the ice, right? Yeah, we were in row 19, center nope. ice. Not too shabby. But it came with the food. Oh. We got wristbanded. Uh, that's how you know you made it. <laughs> that, that's how you know. That's how you know you're, listen, I, I have a lot of first cousins. Yeah. I got on the VIP list of cousins with that game. Wow. Invite. <laughs> I, I did that before with the garden. I, was, I think we were also about like 10 rows from, uh, oh, yeah, now I remember that. We were like 10, for, 10 rows from the ice, and they had like the uh, the chase lounge and stuff and free food, free drinks and everything. Literally, the tables you were sitting at, the Rangers were running through to go play soccer. Oh, I've seen that on TV. Yeah, so it's right where the, behind the glass. That's yes. where it is and stuff. So the Rangers were literally running through tables to go play soccer and warm up across. And I was losing my marbles as a young <laughs> Ranger fan. And then uh, we were sitting there waiting for the game to start. And, like, second period rolls around. And this guy gets walked down with, like, security and stuff and sits, like, a couple rows in front of us. NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman. Whoa. Two seats in front of me. And I was like, huh. I got some words for that guy. <laughs> but I was like, Did you give him a piece of your mind? No. <laughs> what were you going to tell him? Tell me what were you going to tell him. Uh, uh, I, I, I can't think of what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Did you, you had all the, yeah, you had all the, the, the trimmings for that, right? For? The chase lounge, you were in the chase oh, lounge? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wristband, wristband and everything. Yeah. yeah. How old were you? Uh, jeez. Oh, um, probably like late teens. Yeah. That's good. At least you like remember it. You oh know? yeah, I have it all on video too. Of yeah. course, you know, of course. Yeah, that's how it is nowadays. Yeah, they actually let me into the penalty box at the end of the game too. Nice. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I like had a fleeting thought. I like side eye looked at the ice and I was like, I can run out there right now. And I was like, actually, I'm not going <laughs> to. No do Knowing you, you run out. <laughs> no, there goes there goes coach. Yeah, <laughs> there, there she is, <laughs> founder. Uh, but but yeah, I, I did have a fleeting thought to be like, huh, I could. Uh, it's right there. But that would have been breaking the the agreement that I made with the the ushers right around there. So, but it was a fun time, and we had we had VIP parking too. So we actually left our coats in the car. Another BMW. No, no, no I didn't even drive. We were in a pickup truck, and uh, yeah, I, we actually left our coats in the car. We just literally walked. It was like a the parking garage that like attaches to the. I didn't even know it existed. Attaches right to it. But this, you want to know something? This was a COVID makeup game. The original game was supposed to be like the 10th or the 11th of January or something like that. I think it was a Monday night or a Tuesday night, whatever it was, in January. And the Devils got COVID, so they couldn't play the game. So for that game, I had different plans. I was going to drive myself there. 
But so I bought parking for the lot right outside. I don't know what street that's on, but the one that's literally right across the street. Sure. Yeah. Uh, right there. Mm-hmm. So 30, whatever it was, $36. So I then was wondering if the parking carried over for like this game because it was COVID, the whole thing, right? Long story short, I call up. I was charged the $36 for on January 11th. And I called on. I was like, listen, there was no game. Well, sorry, you didn't cancel it. I was like, whoa, I was under the impression that it it will just roll over to the new date of the new game, whenever that was. Well, she said, um, you, you were supposed to let us know when that was within 48 hours of, of, of the original date. I'm like, well, they just made, picked the date like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> don't they know when the date is? I don't know. So well, is, I, the, is the parking now through the devils? I guess it's not. I guess no. it's a separate entity. And she was like, She's I'm, like, sorry, I'm a Ranger fan. I'm not really yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure what's going on She's here. She's like, yeah, sorry, I can't. I'm like, oh, yeah? So I ended up getting a site credit back. Okay. $36. Huh. I'm going back in April. I guess I can use it then. But I was just like annoyed, you know? Yeah. That's how I get you. I know. It's annoying. I got a tweet from... Where is it? Uh, Sam Roskin, who is, again, still tuned into the show. Great. Thank you very much. And it's uh, an, it's an article that says, Soto and Nationals made a $350 million offer. Or, no, Soto, colon. Nationals made $350 million offer before the lockout. So it was a 13-year deal to Juan Soto. And he didn't accept it. I mean, I guess yet, but... That's an exorbitant amount of money. A lot of money. But when we talk about these these contract negotiations, I mean, the CBA uh, negotiations, you know, we aren't exactly talking about these guys. What's, who, who's really going to be affected and what they're trying to do is, is get the rookie players paid more and earlier. And so that's kind of what happened with me in my school district. They tried to get the... the, the Younger teachers paid earlier and and more and earlier. And what it ended up doing was was kind of screwing the teachers in the middle like me. So just, you know, kind of be careful what you wish for, in other words, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so more talk about that, of course. But if you watch the Super Bowl and if you are a wrestling fan, on the heels of The Rock's awesome Super Bowl introductions... I've got some pretty good news for you old school wrestling fans. Stay tuned for that. More baseball talk, more football, Super Bowl 57, crazy picks, over-unders for Jets and Giants and win totals. I mean, it really, anything is on the table for the remainder of the show. I'm on until 2 a.m. when uh, it's, uh, who is it? Oh, Fliegelman. Yeah, Mike Fliegelman's coming your way at 2. So I'm on with you until 2 Give me a call, 877-337-6666. Welcome back. It's Tim McCartan after midnight here on The Fan in New York City. Oh, yeah, that's some outcast for you. We want to hear from you, 877-337-6666. We got a tweet saying something about a last hurdle to reach the CBA agreement. I hate to break the news to you, but I don't think I'm actually breaking any news. We're not even at the point where we can see the last hurdle to get a deal done. We're not there yet. We're not anywhere near there. 
because these these people can't. I, I, they meet in terms of minutes, not even hours. They meet in minutes, not number of hours. You can't get anything done. You just can't. And yet, they're supposed to be meeting. They're supposed to be meeting multiple times this upcoming week. I laid out a, a four-pillar plan earlier. And I said, listen, you get them in day one. See, I, I kind of broke it down into a few different um, issues. And I call them pillars and the, the main ones, right? So day one, you get them in there. And you don't let them leave the room until a bonus pool situation gets resolved. Day two, you get them in there. You don't let them leave until the top prospects and service time and draft pick compensation things. Until that gets resolved. Day three, you combat tanking. The agenda on day four, take all the momentum that you've garnered throughout that whole week so far. And don't leave the room until the luxury tax is figured out. Because that is the issue that is going to take the longest to figure out for these teams, I think. It's going to be the last domino, the last piece to fall. And uh, day five, the final day, just use day five for some miscellaneous things. Shore up the language in the document. Prepare your presentations for your side. And then put it to a vote. MLB, the owners, they said that the the deadline, which I think that's a very loose term around here nowadays, but the deadline is the 28th of February, so about right now, eight days from now, to get a deal done. Um, without losing any regular season games. I think that's very, what I just outlined was is very ambitious. I don't think it gets done. I'm not being optimistic. I'm not being pessimistic. I think I'm just being realistic. We had a call, the first caller tonight. He's an attorney. He suggested having uh, mediators in the room. You know, mutually agreed upon mediators. Because he didn't think that these guys could sit in the same room and and get it done. Uh, You're probably not wrong. But I think baseball is in, in grave danger of losing the... The average fan, for sure, bordering on 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 the the diehards, because this is a it's a little much, really. But you know, I, I tease this right before the break, and I always want to be good and make good on my teases. I have to say, one of my favorite parts of the Super Bowl was the totally unexpected team introductions by. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I mean, one, after watching that, who would not run through a wall for that man? And two, did you see the size of his arms? They were bigger than his head. His biceps were big. I mean, I watch him on Instagram all the time doing uh, dips with these heavy-duty chains around his necks. I mean, come on. But we were all watching it together, and I was really hoping that he would do a people's eyebrow. There was a part where he could have done it. We were like, do it, do it, do it. He didn't do it, unfortunately. But I um, I practiced that people's eyebrow so much as a sixth grader. I could still do it. And I know, I'm nuts. But 
I, I could still do the people's eyebrow because of The Rock. Me and my brother used to have wrestling matches in our living room because we had a sectional couch. So obviously the space, that I guess the negative space generated by that sectional couch was obviously the square ring. You know, I used to stand on the, the, corner, the corner of the couch and as if it was a turnbuckle. I had this neon green like um, tank top, like cover up for a bathing suit. And I used to like wet my hair and then I used to be Triple H. And then my brother, he was always the rock. And uh, we would put, um, my mom bought us, because uh, we were into like driveway hockey too. We had like the pads for like rollerblading and stuff. He would put the pad on his elbow and then both elbows actually. And he would like take it off like as he was going to drop the people's elbow. We weren't bad kids. We really were not bad kids. It was just when mom was on the phone, we got to do whatever we want to do. And she would like snap her fingers at us and we would pretend we here. We would put the music on, too. We'd have entrances coming out of the hallway and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, those, those are the good old days. Yeah, we, we, were, we, were, we were good kids, I, I promise you. But and, and we still are. Well, me, of course, more than him. But um, I'm sitting here tonight, as I mentioned before, in my Under Armour Project Rock Freedom Collection t-shirt. Not an ad, just telling you, because everybody's always interested in what I'm wearing. And so... During my, or one of my quarantine shows right here on the fan in this studio, I also learned that quite a few of you are old school. I mean, I guess technically for me, old school WWE fans. So for you, I have some news for you. You might want to invest in a WrestleMania pay-per-view. We were talking before about how maybe the Super Bowl might end up being in a pay-per-view format. And as that call, the caller suggested, I, I, I think that's how it might go. Really, seriously. Think of wrestling, pay-per-view, people buy it. Think of UFC, pay-per-view, people buy it. I think we're not far off. But I think you might want to pay for WrestleMania this year. I'll tell you why. Because The Undertaker, The Undertaker, he is going to be formally, finally, inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame as part of WrestleMania week, the whole thing. It's like Super Bowl week, you know? I mean, what an awesome character The Undertaker was. I mean, how scary. Like, for a fifth grader or sixth grader, he was scary. And then he got into the ring, and he rolled his eyes back into his head. Do you have, uh, do you have the entrance music for The Undertaker? Because he was a scary dude, man. He, he came out... Yeah, his eyes rolled back into his head and it was on the, showed the whites. Ooh, that scared me. And then the music, and it had like the, the dark and then the purple and the little fog coming up. It, it, the entrance music for The Undertaker is just absolutely iconic. And he was, his character was good because it kind of like evolved, right? So he evolved with the times. He, he reinvented himself in a way. It turned up a little bit. There it is. There it is. And the lights had gone out. People started screaming in the arena. And all of a sudden he appeared. There it is. In the beginning, he would walk down with that guy, Paul Bearer, which I, as a kid, it, it was lost on me that The Undertaker walked out with a guy named Paul, P-A-U-L, Bearer. Yeah, that was lost on me until I was older. And, uh, he would come down, the whole thing. And then, 
Yeah. Oh, it's just like so like nostalgic, iconic, and and then he became that biker dude, and he lost sort of the act a little bit, and just the Undertaker. I know he wasn't in my top. I'd say maybe top. I like Kane. Kane way better than him. So you had the Undertaker. And so he's being inducted this WrestleMania into the, the Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame. And then another reason why you might want to invest in it. This guy, Dave Met- Mel- Meltzler, Metzler of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter has total and complete conviction that Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> you know this music too this is also iconic he would walk down there he would strut down that ramp and then when he got into the ring they would throw him two beers and he would crash them together guzzle them Stone Cold was my favorite wrestler. I was him for Halloween in sixth grade. <laughs> I had the actual t-shirt that he wore. The whole thing. The mask. We had to put a real earring in the mask or else I wouldn't wear it. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so Stone Cold Steve Austin might be coming out of his 19-year retirement. 19-year retirement to wrestle Kevin Owens. I don't know who that is. I haven't been following wrestling in a while, but... At this year's WrestleMania, you might see Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, apparently, the payday is going to be humongous for him. Steve Austin. Austin 316. You want to feel old? He's 57 years old. And then, full circle here, he has not wrestled since he lost to The Rock in 2003 at, guess where? WrestleMania. So, thinking back to that era... Mankind was all right. My brother was Mankind for Halloween. He, we made the sock. Sock, right? The sock. Sock puppet. What was the name of it? We, uh, we made Socky, whatever his name was. We made that together. He had a mask, too. It's the whole thing. We look pretty good. I got to find that picture. I, Mom, she's not listening right now, but I'll ask her tomorrow. See if she can find that picture of the both of us in our, in our costumes. He was in fourth grade. I was in sixth grade. Um, but that's when it was huge. So Mankind was all right. The Undertaker was good, and who can forget that match that they had Hell in a Cell match? That was a, that you need to go back and watch that if you haven't. I, I don't even want to spoil it for you. The Rock was better, but, but I mean, I gotta say, Stone Cold Steve Austin was my absolute favorite. I lo- I don't know what I loved about him. I used to have a screen name on AIM that was like his name and something in it. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm crazy. I give that out to people? I give it the Stone Cold Steve Austin screen name out to people? I can't. I was an embarrassing kid. But, I don't know. Just the nostalgia factor between him, between The Undertaker. I, I just, I might invest in that pay-per-view. Call me crazy. Will you? Give me a call. 877-337-6666. I got a tweet from uh, uh, Sanzo underscore Alex and said, Driving home from a gig in West Virginia. Whoa. Listening to Coach McCartney on a fan and found out she plays the trumpet. Fun time listening, but now I want to know her mouthpiece and horn setup. Uh, mouthpiece 5C and horn setup. I don't know. Just the regular one from Bach. You know, the one that you got in fourth grade and you had to rent it because you didn't know if you were going to like it or not. And then your mom ends up buying it because I ended up liking it. That one. 
nothing fancy. It's still the same one that I had since I was in fourth grade. And Alex, I I I I do play this the uh, my trumpet when our teams get mathematically eliminated from the postseason. So stay tuned for that. The uh, the Mets have gotten the taps treatment. The Yankees have gotten the taps treatment, and the Giants and Jets have as well. I just introduced it not long ago. So uh, stay tuned. Yes, I, I play the trumpet. Still read music. Whole thing. Although I think Alex might be listening on on the the replay, so I don't know if he's uh he's there yet. <laughs> You'll catch up to this, Alex. Thanks for tuning in from West Virginia. Glad to keep you company. So also too, I put up a poll earlier that that ended just a little while ago. I forgot to go back to it. My question was, which of my because people were arguing about what to do with the in my in the mentions, people were arguing about what to do with the uh, the new baseball CBA. So I was like, all right, I know something that's going to unify everybody. Which of my football fan unifying options would you like better? So I gave an option of Super Bowl Monday is a national holiday or make it Super Bowl Saturday or keep it as is. Well, the 22% of you that voted to keep it as is, I want to have a word with you because you must have a job where you can go sulk in and fall asleep in a cubicle somewhere because what? You're not tired? You're not tired? That... That Monday and the rest of the week. So the the winning the winning vote was Super Bowl Monday, make it a national holiday. And then second place, obviously, then would be make it Super Bowl Saturday. But this vote was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Especially twenty two percent of people want to keep it as is. Oh my god. At Jordan Forever sixty six says the Super Bowl will never be on a Saturday, especially. When the bulk of the season is plays on Sundays, um, well, not really. I, I mean, I guess, but the reason, uh, what's his name, was asked about this. Uh, Roger Goodell, he was asked about it in the year two thousand and eight, and he said that basically. And Kyle Brandt asked him. Kyle Brandt, very smart guy. It's about television. It's about TV ratings. And and this is a quote from Goodell. He said, that idea has been around for a long time. People have talked about that moving into Saturday. The reason why we haven't done it in the past is simply just from an audience standpoint. The audiences on Sunday night are much larger. Fans want to have the best opportunity to be able to see the game, and we want to give it to them. So Sunday night is a better night. See, I vehemently disagree with that. Because to watch it on a, a Sunday night is um is not good for the people on the East Coast. I know on the West Coast, the game wraps up around, what, 8, 8 o'clock, which is fine. But on the East Coast, 11, and of course, you got to watch the trophy presentation and all that, right? I, I mean, I like to. You're not getting in bed until 12 o'clock. You know, wind down the whole day, 12 o'clock. And that's if you're doing it at home. And then, and then I'm up at 6 every day. So it's like, come on, man. Like, it's not, that's that's kind of... The audiences on Sunday are so much larger. Fans want to have the best opportunity to be able to see the game. I don't. My, the best opportunity for me to see that game is not on a Sunday night. But it is what it is. And it uh, doesn't look like it's going to be changing. And did you see Roger Goodell might be getting an extension? They're working on like a f- two- to four-year extension on his contract. So uh, that was like today's news. So I guess it's not going anywhere. So it's up to you, politicians. <laughs> maybe you guys can make it uh maybe Super Bowl Monday. Socko! That's the name of it. Thank you. At 1978 underscore Corvette. Socko 
was the name of mankind's sock puppet. Yes, TJ, my brother, had Socko as part of his uh, his costume. Were you a wrestling fan growing up? No. What? Not at all. Not one bit. Oh, man. Sorry. I, it was going to break it to you sooner or later, but I wanted nothing to do with wrestling when I was a kid. Did your friends, did people around you want it? Uh, My cousins were big wrestling fans. My Are they cousin- more my age? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my cousin today um, still likes it. He's getting ready for WrestleMania. Which is such an event. Yeah, I, that's what I've seen. I just... Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I have that one argument, you know, that people hate. Wrestling fans hate, but... Well, it's uh, fake. Yeah. Yeah, it's choreographed. Yeah. For sure. So I watched them like, eh. I went to. I actually went to one event. Uh, it was at Nassau Coliseum uh, years ago. My cousin had extra tickets. Said, hey, you want to go? I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. No. <laughs> no, we used to go. We, we went at the Continental Airlines Arena. My parents took us. And I used to love Scotty Too Hottie. I loved him. And he had like the visor with the spiky hair sticking out of it. <laughs> and then I ended up like in the, the Gotties and Pauly D. So here we are. Um, <laughs> um, we went and we made signs. We were into the whole thing. And, and, and they used to dance with the guy Rikishi in the middle. And my mom liked Rikishi because his finishing move was he used to rub his fat butt on people's faces in the corner. My mom lost it when he did that every single time. Like, would you want your face rubbed by a, a sumo wrestler's cavernous dented butt cheeks? Like, that was his finishing move. So my mom, like, lost it when, when he used to do that. But I used to like Scotty Too Hottie, okay? And so my poster, and they used to dance, and I forgot the guy he was with, but they used to dance. So I bought, like, um, or my mom bought me, like, uh, not slinkies, but, like, springs, and I cut them, and I and my poster is Rikishi in the middle, with the Scotty Too Hottie and his buddy on the side, and, the, and when I when I shook the poster, it danced just like they did. I thought that was quite creative. I was trying to get on TV as like a six, you know, sixth grader. I didn't get on TV because everybody brought signs. That's like the culture. That's the big thing. Like, yeah. You always see a lot of signs at those wrestling events and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I used to love it. I probably could pick up. We used to have the video games, the whole thing, the wrestling figures, and the the ring and. I probably could play a video. I mean, I would have to know the the characters. You know, I know Ronda Rousey's now part of it. I don't know. But wrestling. You can create oh, your own character in the uh, new ones now. Oh, believe me. And the old ones you used to, too. Okay. Oh, we used to do that, too. I like <laughs> Pick the again. entrance music, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Anyway, there's, uh, speaking of nostalgia factor here, there's a Giants alumnus reunion happening on another team's coaching staff. Which Super Bowl giant has been hired and where? Coming right up. Welcome back to McCartan before or after midnight here on the fan in New York City. I got a tweet on the break and it made me think of something else. You know, I, when I was little, I used to sit. Wrestling is, is fake. Okay, it's fake. They hate to burst your bubble. I mean, this, the stunts that they do are all real and everything like that. But the outcomes, it's it's all predetermined storylines. Okay, we got that out of the way. But when I was little, I didn't know that. And I used to sit in front of the TV with a binder, a Trapper Keeper binder, and, and, and loose-leaf paper, and a highlighter, and a pen. And I used to write down every single match that happened. I used to highlight the winner with a yellow highlighter. I used to, like, try to identify trends and stuff. Like... This is me as a sixth grader. Why didn't I start doing this sooner? Why didn't we recognize this sooner? Me looking for trends in sports. Come on now. Anyway, 
Real quick before we get to the last uh, bank of callers for the night, 877-337-6666. As we begin our last and final segment here, I'll be back tomorrow, by the way, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m., and you better be too. But some news for a fierce Super Bowl-winning Giants alumni. Alumnus, singular. Antonio Pierce this week joined the coaching staff of Las Vegas Raiders. He's going to be a linebackers coach there, and he joins the coaching staff of, oh, guess who? The Giants' outgoing defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, who, of course, obviously is in Vegas now, too. It's my second city. You know that? So, um, you know, and, and as I saw this, I started digging a little bit. You know, his Antonio Pierce's move has a little bit of controversy attached to it. So he resigned from ASU's football program. Probably, I guess, because his name had been mentioned in recruiting violations. So to me, I mean, he's not the head coach. He's, he wasn't very high up there anyway. To me, it sounds like something much greater than him over there. So I guess good for Antonio Pierce for getting out of it. And I guess there's no, it's a good news because there's no recruiting pipelines or portals in the NFL, but you know, good for him. And remember the Super Bowl where the Giants delivered the Patriots one giant loss? Well, at the time, defensive captain Antonio Pierce had, oh, just ho-hum, eight solo tackles, 11 combined tackles. That's how I'm going to choose to remember him. Maybe one day he can find his way back here to an expanded role. You never know. All right, to the calls we go. 877-337-6666. Paul in Floral Park. You're up on the fan. Hello, Daniel. Hey, How Paul. Are How are you? All right. Good to be, good to be back on the, on the phone with you. Yeah, yeah so that's a, That's good. Good stuff uh, that you were talking about with the hockey game. So, so Kenny Danico uh, brought you down to the ice? Well, we were, you you were in- yeah, where, where they do the broadcast, they do it from like the top of like the lower bowl, they were like in the open. So every right. time we went to go get more food or, you know, go to the bathroom or whatever, go to the bar, right. he was there and right. I don't know. Just, oh, wow. Yeah, pretty cool. Wow. That's pretty cool. Wow. Wow. That's like fun. Yeah. He'll, he'll wow. be on tomorrow. 840 Okay, night. good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tune in. You know, I will. So that devil's uh, game was a recruiting mission for me. In other words. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it looked like you were having fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, the, the Major League Baseball uh, negotiations, they're uh, too busy playing patty cake and <laughs> ringing around the rosy. Yeah, <laughs> right? And uh, um. uh, musical chairs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right? I um, mean, that's, they're, they're clearly not getting any negotiating done, so maybe that's what's oh, going no, on. Paul, no. I think you cracked yeah, the code. Yeah, grabbing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Right. Um, the next, uh, uh, Tom Thibodeau, I think uh, his coaching strategy and his uh, philosophy, I think he, he's not executing, and then it's fitting off of the players as to where they're not, uh, they're not executing on the court. Well, the yeah, thing is, just... when I look at that, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a multitude of problems with this Knicks team. It's not just one single thing. It's like, ooh, that's it. But if I were to say, oop, that's it, it's the fact that he leaves these guys in for so long yeah. that by the fourth right. quarter they're gassed. I mean, they've lost how many games in the final, you know, quarter? How many? How many? Yeah, it's like double digits at least over the past couple weeks that they've lost double-digit yeah. leads in the fourth quarter. Why? Right. Because the players are tired. Like they, they they're tired. Right. 
They, when, right. when they're when they're showing no effort in, in diving after loose balls, or, or when they're showing no effort in crashing the the offensive or defensive glass, it means they're right. tired. Right, right, and they're grabbing the shorts. So you see the yeah, yeah, yeah that means right. you're tired. Right. Oh yeah, I've had it so many times uh, playing schoolyard basketball. Yeah, I'm sure you've had your day. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. It's right. easy to tell, and it's easy to see. Mm. And 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 right. Tom Thibodeau either he doesn't see it which I don't think that is, right. or he's just playing flat right. out ignoring it. And he needs to start playing right. these younger kids. That's it. Right. Uh, the one wrestling card I went to back in 1989 at the Nassau Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it the WWF? It was the other old wrestling league. Or was it AEW? The, or, or d- uh, WCW? So. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, with the uh, the guys, uh, the Iron Men. Uh, they used to play the Ozzy Osbourne song when they came in. Oh, uh, she bad no KC. Yeah, you're talking about the '90s uh, when you were to, just the wee one. Yeah, that at the at the sites, and then uh, I the, that's when I started giving up wrestling. You know, because my father was uh, God bless his soul. He was screaming and yelling. He goes, "What the heck was this, Bozzy? Are you kidding? I don't want it to go to another wrestling card again." <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Just after I go, yeah, that was the uh, that August. Of the year I graduated from high school. Screaming <laughs> and yelling. Yeah, it was on a Saturday night, but yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Nostalgia, right? All right That's what I was going yeah. for with that. Yeah. I, I hit the All nostalgia. Right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Paul. I'll talk right. to you tomorrow. All right. Thanks. All right. Ciao. Thank you, <laughs> that's what I was going for, the nostalgia feels. And, and that's another point. You know, we could talk more tomorrow about this. I'm on from 5 to 10, but, you know, the Knicks, they're dying in the fourth quarter. Those guys are dying. Julius Randle, 41 minutes a game. Evan Fournier, 38 minutes a game. Unacceptable. Just just flat out unacceptable. When you got Obi Toppin, a top pick, he's playing 15 minutes a game. Come on, man. What are you doing out there? Matt in Maryland. You're up on the fan. Very good point of the Knicks. Yeah, they look like uh, in the fourth quarter again, it looks like the 400-meter runner that runs out of gas. Yeah. To the finish line, and That's it. the whole field just walks them in that them back, walking down. Yep. That's and it. Exactly. One of the reasons I called the Super Bowl changing to Saturday. Yeah. I know I see some kids put an online um, petition for that to happen. Yeah. It ain't never going to happen. I know it's because not. The cities was. Now, you mentioned the ratings. I don't even know if it's the ratings. is That may be one part of the issue. But the big thing is the cities. You would lose a third of money that you that it generates for the weekend. The whole that means you would fly in Friday yep. and check out the hotel Saturday. You only have to stay on Sunday. Yeah, because you just leave after the game and go back. Yeah, you're you right. Stay the Sunday. You know, so some people would be like, "Oh, I ain't got to stay the Sunday morning," or you would check out Sunday morning. You know, yeah, and that'll be it. Now, with the Super Bowl being on Sunday, people come in Friday, and they stay till Monday. And if they had yeah. off on Monday, it'd be even better. Yeah, yeah, they'll never do it, you yeah. know. So Yeah, so. no, I know. Me and my dad, we went to L.A. for the Giants game this year. We flew out on Friday, late, and we took the red-eye mm-hmm. flight literally right from SoFi Stadium home. Red-eye. Yeah. and But you were still... Okay, so you checked out the hotel Sunday. Yeah, we checked out on Sunday, right? Yeah. Okay, and yeah. and then that, and that, that and see and that's what they don't want. That's what they would lose 
you would lose a third. It would, you would lose a third of money would be going away. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, that's and, a good point for the host city, and they, even. It, it, and that, the city, the governor, everybody was, no, 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 you can't do it. It's, we, we put too much into just having this event here. Yeah. You can't change the day. So I don't think they could ever do it because it's, it's an, I mean, it's a known thing. And, and, you know, and it works. Why change something that works well? I don't know, but I, 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 I think that it doesn't work well. That's the thing, and I think it needs to change, but that's just me, I guess, and, and 40% of voters in my poll, I guess. It's just just us, and, and I guess you're one of the 22% of people that, that, that said it's fine. All right, and it looks like uh, we've got a closer caller tonight. Sparky and Dobbs Ferry, you are the Mariano Rivera of the night. How are you? All right, yourself, Coach. Thanks for Dan. Um. First of all, like with the baseball issue, the person who should be running baseball is you. <laughs> so no, where do I sign? Coach, coach, you're the only person that's showing any sense of urgency. Yeah. Okay. Because nothing for nothing, the amount of stuff they have to have done, there's no way they could be ready to have a season on time. No. It's impossible. Because something that nobody's mentioning is just the fact the amount of players that are free agents that, you know, you're not going to get all these people on teams right away. You know, I mean, literally it's like yeah. people, it's like people are expecting major league baseball to twitch their noses like Samantha from Bewitched and their players are going to end up on teams immediately. It's not going to happen. Well, like that, that too. Yeah. And it also takes time once, once they agree upon it. I mean, there's, it, it, they have to present it first. They have to think about it first. They have to look at it, read it, talk about it, have meetings about it, and then ratify it. So it, it's this, you're, you know, you're right. And then the free agency period and then the trades and all that, the frenzy that's going to happen, they're not starting on time. You're right. It's impossible. It's impossible. This should have been done at least a month ago. Yep. Okay. Now, I, I, I would go with Super Bowl Monday. I like that one. Because, you know, as you're saying, the game's, you know, by the time people are done partying and everything, you're not going to be ready to go to work the next day. We're going to be awake. Okay? Yeah. And now, when the interesting thing, and I'll never mention Tom Brady again after today, but there's one name you mentioned before where people would understand the difference of players when they played. Okay, it's Lawrence Taylor. Okay, my idea is simple. Tom Brady meet Lawrence Taylor. Okay, because years ago, as great a quarterback as Joe Montana was, you could see he literally was intimidated by Lawrence Taylor. And? You know, and that's something where you're actually allowed, at that time where you really were allowed to hit people Mm -hmm. and stuff, and you see how even, you know, if Brady's touched, he's literally whining to the refs and everything. Oh, yeah. If he ever got got hit by Lawrence Taylor, forget about it. He's <laughs> wearing the pants. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, on Spark, Sparky, on that note, <laughs> unbelievable. I got, I got a tweet on, on Twitter, of course, and they say, please refrain from using my full name online uh, on, on the radio. Well, then change your username. I don't know what you want me to do. Then change your username. How am I supposed to know 
I can't. Sometimes, oh, I can't. This is something else. Hey, well, I'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to have some top-notch guests. I've got Carrie Kittles for you Nets fans. You need throwing it also back to the New Jersey Nets. And um, I've got Ken Danico, Mr. Devil, for you Devils fans out there. And just the hockey fans in general. So thanks to all the callers tonight. I could not have done this without you. I love coming here and talking with you. If you missed any portion of today's show, hit that Odyssey Rewind feature and select the start of it, which was 11 p.m. on the dot. Great job to Pat Boyle tonight and to Nick Matina behind the glass and to Pete McCarthy on the updates. I will see you tomorrow for five hours of fun, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. right here on The Fan. In the meantime, you can hit me up on social media at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter and on Instagram. And again, on Facebook.com slash Coach McCarty. We'll keep the conversation going through 5 p.m. to tomorrow. Of course, at that time, you can get on the phone to 877-337-6666. But for now, load them up for Mike Fliegelman. He's up next right here on The Fan in New York City. Sports Radio 101.